Okay. Woo. Woo. That's good. I'm ready to go. Okay. Good evening. Tonight, Parshas Lech Lecha. So we have the last mimer we have in Parshas Lech Lecha on Torah Ur that we've not learnt yet over here at the Thursday night class. Baruch It's a tiny little discourse um, called Sarah Ishtachal Sikra Shema Sarai. Okay. It's a little discourse on Daf Yud Gimel, page 13, on the second column, Daf Bez. Uh, the class was, was uh, uh, dedicated for Zchus Sarah Fegabas Chayabunya. Be a big schuss for her for all that she needs, and for only only good things, and also for l'schuss Yisrael ben Leia Freida. Should be a schuss for him as well. Only only good. Okay, so we are here at the beginning. We're going to study. So here's the thing: because it's such a small mimer, which probably we would be finished in about a half an hour. Um, you know me, I can make it like for three hours, but I wouldn't, but <laughs> this one is really small. I wouldn't make this for three hours. We can probably be finished this in a half an hour, so I chose to lengthen the class because I know everybody likes long classes. So I added a, a, um, a uh, mimer, or I would say a, a um, reshima. Reshima means a taking of notes that the Tzemach Tzedek wrote. He didn't say it as a discourse. But he wrote for himself. So in Sefer Oyer Atayra, there is a there is a a discussion that on the same discussion of, of this. So that's on the second page that we're going to study. And uh, yeah, so let's take a look. In this week's parsha, we have the, the Yitzchak needing to be born. And in order to bring about Yitzchak's birth, we find that um, the the Torah the, the Hashem tells Avram. He, he, he adjusts both Avram's name and Sarah's name. Both of them have experienced a name change. Um, Avram becomes from Avram, Avraham. And, and, Sarah, and, Sarah, and Sarah becomes from Sarai, she becomes Sarah. So by Avram, Hashem didn't subtract anything, he only added. He added a hey. But by Sarah, Hashem took away, subtracted the Yud, and he, um, he subtracted the Yud, and he gave it a hey. Now the Gemara says that the Yud, Rashi brings it, the Yud of Sarah had complaints. That that letter, the letter is an entity, it's a reality, it's something. And if Hashem plucked the Yud out of Sarah, the Yud was upset. Because the Yud was very comfortable being inside the name Sarah. The Yud wasn't happy that, Hashem was, t- uh, that, is, that he was, Hashem was plucking the Yud out of the name Sarai. So Hashem had to appease the Yud. And what did he do with the Yud? He placed it in the, in the name of a different Tzaddik. He gave it to Yehoshua. Because Yehoshua's name used to be Hoshea. Hoshea Benun was his original name. 
And Hashem added, when, when Moshe Rabbeinu sent the spies uh, to uh, go do their uh, scouting on the land, there was a danger that a danger it's the weird noise there was a danger that um, that uh, what's his name Yehoshua would succumb to the plan to the malicious plan of the spies so Moshe Rabbeinu davened for him and in, as a consequence or as part of that tefillah Moshe Rabbeinu added the Yud into Yehoshua which Rashi says it stands for Ka Yehoshiacha Hashem should save you from the, from what the Maraglim were planning to do. So okay, so here we have two stories in the Torah that seem to be completely unrelated to each other. Two periods we're learning Pashas Lech Lecha now. Sarah, suddenly we're hit with the Maraglim out of nowhere. Why? And the, the, con the connection over here is that Sarah's name stopped being Sarai and she became Sarah. She got a hey. So first of all, we need to understand what's the significance of this name change. And Rashi actually says that Sarai cannot have a child. When her name was Sarai, it was she, she, she was impossible for her to have the child. We know she was a barren woman. Because her name was Sarai, that, that kept her barren. Now that her name became Sarah, she got a hey, now she can have children. So we know there's a lot to a name. A name is very powerful. That's why we know that in, in certain extreme circumstances, when a person is very ill, there is an Indian of adding a name which can kind of change the dynamics of a person's life, open up a new channel of life. The letters of a name, especially the letters of the tzaddikim and tzaddikanias, is extremely, extremely powerful. So um, why is it that the yud prevents her from having a name and the hey is what she needs to have a name? In a sense, we can really ask a question, a yud is more powerful than a hey. In Hashem's name, the yud and the hey, the yud comes first, the Yud is a higher level of divinity, a very, very powerful letter, concentrated essence of Ein Sof. It's Chachma, it's the first of the ten attributes. Hey is already Bina, or Malchus, which is a far more diminished and watered-down level of godliness. So in a sense, by changing the Yud to the Hey, and it seems like there's a weakening. So why is it that in order for her to have a child, there has to be this change from a yud to the hay. And then also, even though he doesn't deal with it in the mimer, the main mimer, but the tzemach tzedek deals with it, why is it that of all people, the yud gets, has to be put somewhere? As we said earlier, the yud was unhappy that it was taken out from the name of a, tz of a tzadikus. So Hashem went and he took it and he put it into the name of a tzadik, and Yehoshua became from Hoshea Yehoshua. And the content of that was, God save him. From the Maraglam. So when, obviously everything is so accurate. Well, what's the connection? Punct over here to Yeshua and that he gets the Yud and the Yud serves as a protection against what the Maraglam wanted to do. Does that have anything to do with Sarai and her name? So all this needs to be understood. Okay, so let's read inside. Sarai, Ishtach Sarai. Your wife, Sarah, you should not call her Sarai. Ki Sarah Shema, because Sarah is her name. 
Hine, for behold, the change of the name of Sarah, we want that she should be able to have birthing capabilities. She should be able to give birth. Kemaimarazal, the sages tell us, Sarai loiteleit. Sarai can't give birth. But Sarah could give birth. So and that's why she has to have a change of a name. And if so, we need to understand the quality of a yud is higher than a hey. Because yud is chachma. Hey is bina. Hey is bina. And chachma is superior to bina. So why is it when she kind of loses the yud and she's downgraded? You would think for her to have children, she needs to be upgraded, not downgraded. Over here, her name is downgraded from having a yud. And now she becomes, she gets a hey, and that increases her, not diminishes her. So we need to understand. Vinoidan, to, to add to the question, it is also known that particularly in regards to procreation and having children, it's the yud that has that power to create, the creative power. What does it mean to have a child? Having a child means you're creating a new human being. So it's a physical expression of creativity. What is it? You're creating a new entity. Now we know that in, in the more spiritual realms, which one, where is the power of creativity, of new ideas? In Chachma or in Bina? Bina doesn't create anything new. Bina takes what is already and develops it. But to create something new, the power of newness, of a new something, that's Chachma. And Chachma is the Yud. So do we seem that by taking her, the Yud out of her, you're decreasing her chances of having a child. And he was saying the exact opposite. That as long as she had a Yud that prevented her from having children. And now when you give her, when you, and when you take the Yud out, and instead you give her a hay, that enables her to have a child. So that needs to be understood. Why is that? That is known. We know that the main birth is from Chachma. And the reason why Chachma has the power to give birth, because Chachma is, what does it mean to create something new? To create something new is to tap into the infinite possibility. Okay, in order to be able to create something new, you have to reach the power that is, that is infinite, that is boundless, that can produce, right? It's not fixed. When you have something that's fixed, then it can only evolve. You can develop from it something else, but it's basically what is here can be developed. But to create something new, you have to get to a power that is limitless to create something new. And Chachma is where the limitlessness of the Ein Sof resides. We know that Chachma is the only Kali where the Ein Sof can, 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 can dwell. Once Bina comes along, Bina can, is not a keli anymore for the Ein Sof. Because Bina has already rigid walls. Bina has already lim limited. Because what's Bina? Bina means I need to understand. It has to make sense in me. That's the limitations. It has to enter into my vessels, into the way I see things. As opposed to Chachma, it's just a simple openness to infinite potential. So this is our question over here. And that's why we say 
Where do we find that Chachma is connected to the infinite potential to the Ein Sof? That's because the Pasuk says, Chachma is, is in a level, first of all, it comes from a place of Ayin, of nothingness, meaning nothing defined. Chachma comes from a place, right? Chachma comes from a place where nothing is defined, where it's still nothingness. Bina is already called Yesh, it's already something. But Chachma is still coming from a place of, and Chachma itself, because it comes from Ayin, Chachma itself has the, 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 uh, the, um, the, the energy of Ayin in it. It's considered Ayin, and because it's Ayin, it can, it can create new things. But Bina is already fixed. So if that's the case, we would think that in order to give Sarah the ability to have, create a child, she should get a Yud, not take away a Yud. And here we're taking away the Yud for her, that's the question. That is known the main birth. Because is Ayin. Even though in the Pasuk it says, we learned many times in Hasidus, that it doesn't only mean that Chachma comes from the level of Ayin, but Chachma is already a Yesh, but that the nature, the, the, the non-definition of where Chachma comes from is, is still carried over into Chachma as well, that Chachma also doesn't have yet a, 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 a limitation, a limited identity of somethingness. Chachma is the power, that's where we learn Chachma is Koyachma, the power of Bittl, the power of nothingness. It's still very close to the pre, pre-existent state where nothing exists, but because nothing exists, it has the possibility for everything. And that's Chachma. So Chachma is where, where, where birth comes from. Masha came Bina, which isn't the case of Bina. Nekriyesh. Bina is called already something, Yesh. And when you have something, then it's stuck. You're fixed. This is what you have. This and not anything else. The eich nahapachu, and how is it converted to opposite? Shali yois lo koyacha for Sarah to have a child. Lukach meita koyacha yud. Dafka pay Sarah. Hashem takes away the yud from her. The nitan law, and he gives her koyacha hei bimakoyma. And he gives her the power of the hay in its place, which seems to be very strange. The Indian, I just want to make sure that this is charging. So Venoidad is known. Okay, yeah. So that's the Indian. The Indian, and the idea is Ki Avram Visara, and the idea is as follows. Ki Avram Visara, because Avram and Sarah Hemphinas Chachmeyullah, the Chachmetatah. Avram and Sarah are, if we look into the spiritual dynamics of who they represent, Avram and Sarah, they encapsulate the entire range of all the spherot. From the beginning to the end. Because Avram, just let's, let's look at the etymology of his name. Av 
Ram, exalted father. So we know in the Spheros, the first attribute, the first one of the ten attributes is called father, Chachma. So Avram Avinu, his dynamic of his neshama is the supernal level of Chachma. Sarah, she is the last of all the ten spheres. In general, all the women, all the women characters in the Torah are some way connected to Malchus, to Shechina, because Shechina is female. Or Bina, but generally most of the characters of the women in the Torah are related to Malchus. Why do we need so many Malchus characters? Uh, Malchus is one sphera. And the answer is because Malchus is a, has within itself all ten spheros. So we, when we speak that Sarah is Malchus, she's one level of Malchus. Rivka is another level of Malchus. And Rachel is another level of Malchus. And Esther is another level of Malchus. And so on and so forth. And what's her name? Chana or um, Rus. It's also different, different features. And Devorah Hanaviyah. These are all aspects of Malchus. And in Hasidus explains each one, what's the nuance of Malchus that they, that, they, that they encapsulated. But each one is Malchus. Now, um, Sarah, you can see it in her name. Sarah comes from the word Sar. Sar means governor. Malchus is what governs the world. She's, the, she's a noblewoman. She's the minister. Her name represents ministering. Okay, she's... The, the force that ministers over creation. So she's Malchus, the Shechina. So Avram is the first of the ten spheres, Chachma, and she's the last. Now sometimes in Kabbalah and in Hasidus, we refer to Chachma and Malchus both as Chachma. Because there is, there is, there is a passage that says, Chachma is Bachutz Taroina, which emphasizes that there's two levels of Chachma. There is Godly Chachma, the higher Chachma Yilah, the supernal Chachma, and Chachma Tata, the lower Chachma. What does that mean? The higher Chachma and the lower Chachma? The higher Chachma is the Chachma of the purely divine, of the Ein Sof. That's Ein. It's a wisdom that's... Then there's another Chachma called Chachma of Maisei Bereshis. Kulam B'Chachma Asisa, that God creates everything with Chachma. That's a different type of Chachma. That's the intelligence of creation. Now the intelligence of creation is considered a minuscule, minuscule intelligence in comparison to the, 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 the pure intelligence that deals with godliness, not creation. So Avram Avinu represents the higher Chachma, the Chachma of Avram, exalted Chachma, the supernal Chachma. Sarah, she's also Chachma, but she is the lower intelligence, the te- intelligence of ministering, governing with intelligence. The intelligence forces to govern the creation. These are the two levels of Chachma. Chachmiullah, Chachma Tata. Good. Sheshoirish Avram, and that's what he explains over here, who bebchinas Chachma Datsilus. The Shoresh of Avram's Neshama is in Chachma Datsilus. Now, even though I want everybody to realize, you know, usually when we talk about Avram, we say that Avram, his dynamic of his soul is Chesed. That's why he's the most kindest of all beings. And now we're saying that Avram's root of his neshama is in Chachma. The answer is they're not too far off. Because Chesed is a branch of Chachma. Because Chesed and Chachma are both on the right side. So when you're tracing Avram's neshama, we will trace him to Chesed. But when you're tracing him even higher, because there's a source, and there's a source to a source, 
we will arrive on the right side to the very pinnacle and the beginning of the right flow, which is Chachma. So Avram is rooted in Chachma. Ubchenes Chachma Natsilas. Sarah is Malchus, as I told you earlier. Sarah is Malchus, Malasha Sharara. She's a ruling, she rules, she dominates. Where is the domineering element of her? The, the, the power of God that creates and controls the creation. Okay. Once we know that Avram is at the very, very beginning of the world of Atsilos, he's the first attribute in Atsilos, and Chachma is at the, and, and Sarah is at the very end of the world of Atsilos, she's the last attribute, and she is already translating the energy from Atsilos, from the world of emanation, into the actual creation. Because as we learned many times, there are four worlds. Atsilos is still godly, it's totally one with Hashem. But Bria, Yetzir, and Asiya is already separate consciousness. It's already creation levels. Sara is the one at that point of transition between creator and creation. It's for this reason we will find that the hashpa, the birth, Sara to create something, the birth of Malchus, from Malchus to create something into the lower worlds, cannot come from a Yud, it has to come from a He. Avram Avinu, however, when he gives birth, the birthing coming from Avram Avinu, we can say kind of the power of birth on the masculine side, in Avram is Dafka from a Yud. The power of birth for the female, for, for, for Shechina, for Malchus, is Dafka from a He and not from a, a Yud. What's the difference between a Yud and a He? Let's look at the two letters. The, the Yud is a tiny point. The hay is an expansion. So what is a hay? A hay is taking, a yud is concentrating things down into a decimal point. And the hay is taking that point and expanding it. That's what we always learn from the yud k. That's what the difference between chachm and bina is. Chachm is a point, a flash. And bina is taking that and stretching it horizontally, vertically, opening up a full, a full developed a full developed space from the point of the Chachma. So now let's take a look and we see like this. So is the measure. The, 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 the main primary birth. For a new existence to come into being. The very original point of creativity from God, from the Ein Sof, Okay, let's go back to the pure Ein Sof, to Keser, to where there is no worlds at all. It's all Ein Sof, simple light of Hashem that has no color, shape, form, definition whatsoever. And from there to bring forth already something, anything, any, any world, any concept, any idea. Now we understand that if the Ein Sof will flow in its, in its by, by, by extending itself kind of into this creation, whatever, it will never be a creation. Because the nature of the Ein Sof is that what? Let's, let's, let's define. The nature of the Ein Sof is that it's undefinable and it can't be, it can't be limited to anything. So if you're going to create something, and, and, what, and what is that something going to be something? It's going to have the character of either blue or red or yellow. 
I'm using I'm using colors as a as some kind of a defining thing. Or it will be big, small, short, soft, hard, or whatever. Whatever character you're going to define, it's going to be kind. It's going to be love and not and not and not discipline. Or it's going to be so and so. Whatever it is that you're doing, you what you're really you're creating boundaries. So the problem is like this: an ain't sof energy. If the ain't sof energy is carrying over as is, if you're extending it, then that very very powerful ain't sof is not going to allow for any defi- def- definitive entity to emerge. So what needs to happen is yes, the ain't sof because it's ain't sof has no limitations, and it's possible to create whatever you want it to create. It could create, but how does it create? By hiding its ain't selfish kite, by concealing that, that infinite power and boundlessness, concentrating it down to a tiny little point, which represents already finitude, coming from an ain't self down to a yud, down to a point. Now that the energy is in a point, this, now it's, it, it doesn't mean that it's cutting off completely the, the life. If there's no life flowing, it won't create anything. It has to create, something has to emerge, so there has to be a flow, there has to be a, tra- a, a transmission of, 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 of the Eberster's power into whatever it is that, that is going to come into existence. Let's say any attribute or any, you know, the spherot. In order for the spherot to come into being, there has to be a carrying over of energy. But it can't, it can't contain any of its original its original character of being beyond characteristic, being ain't self, because then it's gonna, it's going to affect whatever is coming into being to also have the ain't self nature of not being defined, and then you're gonna end up with nothing but the ain't self again. So therefore, you need to have a breakaway of what was and come to something new. That idea is the yud. A yud is concentrating it down to literally to 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 the tiniest infinitesimal bit of what was before. Yeah, I want to leave over something. It's not like there's nothing there. You're leaving, but you're concentrating it to the tiniest, tiniest. Like we once spoke, that the real idea of a yud is not the shape of a yud. The real idea of a yud is just a dot. That's it. And how small is that? That infinitesimally small. From that infinitesimally diminishment of the ain't self to a point, from there you can already can come forth whatever it is that you're bringing forth. That's why the real power of all creativity in the worlds of Atsilus, as we're coming directly from ain't self into creation. When I'm saying creation over here, I don't mean Bria. Bria, Tzirin, I'm talking about Atsilus, which Atsilus is considered creation in the sense that it's defined, there's chesed, there is so on, there's gevura, there is various different attributes, which we cannot apply at all to the Ein Sof. So the in-between, the mediator, so to speak, from the, from the Ein Sof into a defined atzilus has to be through a yud. That's why the power of creativity, of creating something new, is only from a yud. So again, so therefore, the Lamaila above, meaning on the higher realms, by Chachma of Atzilus, Kachu Amida, so is the Mida. Ikra Alada, the main birth. Liyos Metzias, Hailada Chadasha, that there should come forth a Hailada Chadasha, a new birth. Hu Al Yedet Simtsum Dafka, is Dafka through a Simtsum. 
Because if the oil rain soif would expand, as it is. If it wouldn't go through this, this decimal point, but it would extend itself as is in an ain't soif state, it couldn't be possible that there should come into being any kind of existence. Even if it would kind of metamorphosize, even if it would, even if it would uh, descend, if it would kind of like move from level to level, but if you're leaving over the ain't self nature, it would never, it would never de- metamorphosize into something. It would always remain an ain't self expression. It would never become something. In order for something with with, with definitive with with being with limited. There has to be kind of a breakaway from what was before, from the Ainsof. Kikishmoi Kenu, because that's the name of the Ainsof. Kikishmoi, like his name is, what's his name? Ainsof. Kenu, so he is. He's truly Ainsof. So if that Ainsof would, would, would not pass through this tiny little, this little keyhole, but it would remain an Ainsof power, wherever it would come, it would produce Ainsof. It would have no end to its expansion, to its expansion. Okay. Therefore, we talk to say that the power of creativity at the very, very beginning is always from what? It's always from a point. But that is only when you're bringing in you're bringing the world of Atsilos, the world of emanation into existence want to emanate the spheros, the attributes, you have to first break it down to that little dot. And from that little dot, you can enter into characterization. You can enter into the, what's the difference between Atzilus? Atzilus is also God. It's also Hashem. But Atzilus is already Hashem as he has a personality. That means he contracted himself away from his soul and defines himself already as this and once you have already Atsilus, where the Eidushka has already limited, limited kind of definition, whatever that means, limited, limited kind of definition, now we, we want to, from that place, create something totally new. And what is that? And here we want to actually move to the next stage, where you're going to have beings that are not even God anymore, or at least they perceive themselves as if they're not God or something else. That's called, you want to go from Atsilus to Bria. Bria is already a creation that, that is absurdly thinking that it exists as something other than Hashem. Oh. This transition happens from Malthus, from Shechina. For Shechina, what did he say? In Atilus itself, the Abishka characterizes himself lower and lower and lower until the last and final attribute is your assuming himself the, 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 the character or the nature or the personality of a king. Now he can only be a king, he's calling himself a king. He can only be a king over what? Over subjects, or else he's not a king. Who are those subjects? Those subjects are not you. Ah, so now from Malchus of Atzilus is where creations are now called into being. Now how is Malchus, how is the energy now going to carry over from Atzilus, from Malchus, from the king to the subjects? How is it now going to carry over? You might you do the same shit kind of like you did earlier. You're going to break it down. You're creating something totally new. 
So you're gonna break it down to a point, and from the point you're gonna get creations. No, it doesn't work. Because if Malchus is going to break herself down to a point, and then from there channel light into the creations, the creations are not gonna know that creation. And they're gonna just like we can't know the insult. So there would because angry. So we wouldn't even know if at this point Malchus would hide her light completely and lower herself down to a tiny decimal. And from that decimal point she would be Mashpiyah further into the next realm. Then the creation would be created in such a way that they're completely disconnected from them. We wouldn't have any ability or the way he says over here, the powers of the Kalipas would become much more strong. It would be incredible strength in the Kalipas. They would be deriding, they would, in other words, God would be so hidden, the energy would flow. It's not that there wouldn't be energy. But you wouldn't sense at all the mashpia. There wouldn't be any sense of the one who's giving. So when there is an energy flow, when there's money, for example, available, and there is no... Um, source where that money is coming from that anybody can grab. That hashpah from the Shekhinah would become grabbable, would become um, um, an empowerment for very, very dark things. So he doesn't, he's not emphasizing so much the way I said it earlier, that we wouldn't know God. He's saying that the people could be strong, but what that really means is that we would deal with a world that is that is very much estranged to its, to its source. Therefore, the Hashpah from Shekhinah to the next world does not come in a manner of a total cutoff, like down to it from a unit. On the contrary, the Shekhinah projects her life force into the next world in a manner of a hand, in a more open way. What does that do? It allows... And over here, you can't ask the question, wait, hold it. If the, if the energy is coming in an expanded way, in a level of openness in an expanded way, that means the Shekhinah itself is extending herself into the lower, into the next world. How can there possibly be creations? How can there possibly be? No, no, no. Here it will work. Why? Because since Shekhinah herself is already part of the world of Atsilus, and the world of Atsilus is already, it's already separated from the Ein Sof. It's not Ein Sof anymore. Once you're already entered into a realm where the ink sof has already been left behind, so to speak, we're not visible, we're not present, not, not, then it's just a matter of diminishing the light more, but not, not, it's not like you can't have a trace of it left over. Because you're dealing with, even in the mashpia, even in the giver, it's limited energy, it's not ink sof. When you're dealing with an insult source, you have no choice but to receive only a tiny little, 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 because anything more than that would not allow you to be to be even you. We would be we would be swallowed up by the insult. So therefore, the only hashpah that can come is drip, 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 tiny little drips. But once you're dealing already with the, the hashpah coming from Silos to Bria from the Shechina. If you're going to make it drip, 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 there's going to be a problem because it's going to create that the, 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 there's going to be a disconnect between the mashpia and the, and the, and the thing to the point. The disconnect that's going to create a complete disconnect. And worlds that are going to be completely isolated from their source. 
were saying earlier, it gives you Nikas Achitzayin and it gives the Klippas a lot, a lot of strength. The forces of unholiness that want to rebel against God would become very, very powerful. So therefore, the Shekhinah has to give it in a way where she is more present and open that she is the one giving. And then the Klippas are scared of her. And they can't come. So then the Ashbog was primarily there's some of it that goes to Klippa anyways, but still it's much, it's far more protected than it had Chas V'Shalem it come to. This idea is explained in other Maimari. The Rebbe, the back of the, of the Torah Or, points to, and the Tzemach Tzedek in Yisun, also points to the idea that's discussed in the Maimari. In here it discusses the difference between the hair of a man and the hair of a woman. We spoke about this many times in previous when it comes to here, here is a very, it's a, it's a very interesting uh, phenomenon. On the one end, we associated a lot of negativity to here. On the other hand, like we have, like the Levites, you know, in order for that Levine to become the Levine, they have to cut off their and take it away. And they have to remove all the hair of their body. The Torah, someone who's a leper, also needs to cut off all the hair of his body. So you see that the here somehow can become is a source for it attracts negativity. By a woman, we also know a married woman should have her hair covered. The Gemara says that if a woman has her hair uncovered, it's like her, it's like she's just unclothed. Because the hair must be covered. However, we also find sometimes that hair is super holy and super, super powerful, super godly hair. A Nazir, a Nazirite, has to let his hair grow. And we know that during the time of his Naziris, he is called Kodesh, he's very holy. And his entire Kedusha is where? That's why we know that Shimshon Hagibar, for instance, had that incredible, he was a Nazir, and he had all that power, it was unbelievable superpower. And yet, as soon as his wife figured out the trick, he revealed it there that it has to do with his hair, and then they cut his hair off. He, lost all his hair. he became a, he became from Superman. He became regular. So what's the reason? Why was he so powerful? The answer is the fact that he's a Nazir means that a Nazir. So I say this When someone takes upon himself to be a Nazir, at that moment, Torah gives us our ability that a person can go into the elevator. Watch this. Person can go into hell and hit the floor 1001, and in one second, his body and his neshama soar up to the greatest heights, and his soul is plugged in to the ink soul. That's what happens when it When Nazi is plugging his energy into, plugging his neshama to see chayus and energy from Kesar. Problem is, you plug into Kesar, what happens? Everybody, but the, the law of Naziris is the way you plug into Kesser is all the energy that's flowing from Kesser down into Chachma is coming through the here of Kesser. In Kabbalah it explains that the Erech Amtin, which is the outside element of Kesser, the way it gives life from Erech Amtin from Kesser, it goes into Chachma. Chachma is nursing, Chachma and Bina, they nurse from here. There's a little strand of here, and the entire series of is deriving its energy from one strand of here. 
This is exactly the point that we're turning. A yud is a here. A small, little, little, little. What's a here? A tiny little tube. How much of a person's brain is flowing into their hair? How much intelligence is there in the hair? It does say that the reason why hair grows next to the head is because in the brain there is a bunch of energy, and that energy kind of spills out. But tiny, little, little, every hair is a little flow, a little flow of an inf- tiny, minute, minute, minute passageway, so to speak, of energy. But it's so small that it doesn't, I can't really say your hair, even Einstein's hair, it's not intelligent hair. You would wonder, like, you know what? Someone walks home with Einstein's one hair, says, boy, I have enough intelligence for the rest of my, for my to learn and to study from this hair. It's true. Even if it's a little tiny crumb, it's, it's huge, but it's still, right? It's, it's very small. So therefore we say, Shimshan Agibar, for instance, the reason why he was a superhuman being, Shimshan Agibar wasn't strong. The reason why Shimshan Agibar was inhumanly strong is because he was plugging into Ainsul. Literally. His Shama plugged into Ainsul. And that's why he wasn't like he was strong. He was like he, he was he, he was like a godly being. He had no limits to his power, because he had Ainsul power. But if he would cut his hair, what happened? What happens when he cut his hair? He disconnected his ability to be able to receive from Kesser. Because from Kesser, you can only come from the here. That's why a Nazir's holiness is dependent in his here. Because it's, it's his here that represent that, that connecting to the here of the Erech Anpin. And from there to be able to receive that power. That's, however, only a Nazir and the like that go up to Kesser. A woman, her energy is from Malchus, from the Shekhinah. So it's a far more imminent, involved, down-to-earth power of God's dominance within creation. A woman's power is from Shekhinah. Now Shekhinah is way, 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 contracted level of the divine, as opposed to Kesar. Shekhinah, you want the woman to speak, you want her to communicate, you don't want to extend her hair. Because if she's extending her here, the here coming from Malchus, the contraction and the limitation and the and the and the minusculeness is already truly minuscule. It's already too too small, too limited. And since it is too too limited, from there, negative forces, um, uh, spiritual parasites and the like, lice and the so on and so forth, will be attracted to her here. That's why she has to cover him. So what is considered a source of life in the higher realm is considered a source of negativity on a much lower level. The Levian, the Levites, are also from the side of Gevura, as we spoke many times. So because of that, they're also related to the realm of Gevura, and from Gevura we can't have hair. Because Gevura itself is already contraction. To add extra contractive aspects, what the hair will do from there, it will be chas v'shalom, too much Gevura. And, to, and, and that creates a problem. So that's the difference between a woman's hair. So similar to that is the difference between Sarai and Sarah. When Sarai was called Sarah, Sarai, she, she was operating with a yud. That means what her energy that was flowing from her was, was being constricted by that yud. Since it was being constricted by that yud, she can't birth godliness. What's what's she's creating a child. 
when she's creating Yitzchak, she's opening up a channel of godly revelation. Yitzchak, a Jew in this world is not just another creation. A Jew is a communicator who's communicating the godly, the ain't sof, the, 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 the godliness of, of the Abishter into the creation. That's a, that's a Jew. But to open up a channel like this, she has to do it through a hey. If she does it through a yud, then, then, then she's going to be adding energy to the world, the Jew. But chas that very energy that she's giving to the creation will be an additional energy that will be chas v'shalem farchapt, will be chas v'shalem grabbed by the forces of unholiness. So as long as she has a yud in her name, she can't, she can't give birth. Instead, she has to get a hey. A hey means she has to openly... She has to communicate in a more open, revealed way, not in such a constricted way. That's the idea. Which isn't the case below, on the level of Sarah, is totally the opposite. If the light would become contracted completely, then there would be too much darkness, too much concealment, too much blockage, too much concealment. As it is known. It's interesting. I, I couldn't figure out this, this uh, parentheses over here. Because this explains why Chachma is the source, uh, has, has, has to operate through a Yud, and why it would make sense that this little parentheses over here should be a few lines earlier, then it would make sense. I, I couldn't figure this out. If someone would be able to uh, enlighten me with this, it would be nice. But I can't figure out. Over here he's explaining the opposite. Why on, on the lower levels of Malchus, you need a hey, not a yud. And why is he emphasizing over here? Is the three kutzen of the yud that the kaitz atachman is? Okay, I'm not sure. But in any case, let's go. What's the difference between a yud and a hey? Is a hey is a hispashtos. Hey is an expansion, and we want expansion. From sorrow, we want expansion. We don't want contraction. If so, I understand then why Sarah needs a Yud. I'm sorry, Sarah needs a hey, not a Yud. So Hashem took away the hey from, from took away the, the, the Yud from Sarah, and he replaced her with a hey. What does that mean with the ability to be able to express herself and not contract? But her ability to be able to express herself into the lower worlds, and that's how she can give birth to Yitzhak. So I understand. But now the question is, then, then Avram, why did he get a hay? If anything, if Avram Avinu, if he needs to give birth, he should get a yud. What are we saying? Avram is the one who is drawing Yitzchak's neshama from Ainsol, from Keser, into Atzilus. Sarah is the one who is taking Yitzchak's neshama from Atzilus, and she's planting him where? In Bria Yitzira Asiyah. She's planting him into the, into the physical world. It's almost like we can say like this. Avram is like, it's, 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 it's the difference between a, a child. See, Avram, Avram created Yitzchak. But where did Avram create Yitzchak? He, he, Avram created Yitzchak. He, he produces Yitzchak in Sarah's womb. Which means 
Yitzhak is now existing, but he's, in, he's existing in the inner world of Sarah. Where is that? In Atzilus. In the higher worlds. He's developing. He's developing him as a full-fledged child. But he's inside. He's inside the world of Kedusha, inside the world of holiness. He's in, what is Sarah doing? She's taking this Yitzhak and she's planting him in the big bad wolf. Or in the big bad wolf. In the big bad world. Meaning in the big world where there's all kinds of stuff out there. That's what she's putting in. Ah, so that you can, you can understand that she, in order to place Yitzchak down into the Olamai, so on and so forth. You don't want to put too much contraction, too much limitation, because chas v'shalem, then the, that which is unholy can chas v'shalem leach itself onto Yitzchak. So quite on the contrary, she has to give Yitzchak out with a bang, with an espashtos, with an, with an expansion. Avram Avinu is bringing Yitzchak from the Ein Sof, from, from not even an entity, from nothingness, from nothingness into existence in the world of Atzilus. That can only come through, as we said earlier, through getting it down to a point. And you see that physically in the creation of a child. The father is in, who's introducing the concept of a child from total nothingness, the child is not even there as a potential, is nothing. And the father who's producing it is giving a drop. That's a drop. It's just a nekuda, it's a point. The mother who is now taking the, who's bringing forth the child not as a concept, but the mother is now creating the full-fledged human being in this world, so the mother is not produced. When the child comes out of the mother, it's not coming out as a point. It's a small baby, but it's a full, it's a full developed human being. With head, toe, and the, the whole body, and all the 248 limbs. So now the question is going to become, if so, how come Avram Avinu has a hey in his name? Now, we can explain why Avram doesn't need a yud, why, we, why he, we, he doesn't, because he has the Yud already inside of him. Even though there's no Yud in Avram, but Avram itself means Yud. Why? The word Avram means exalted father. And what's exalted father? That's Yud. That's Chachma. Yud. The power of Yud is the power that fathers the entire world of Atsilus. And it's an exalted state. It's very close. As we spoke earlier, Chachma is still very close to the Ayin. It's very exalted. It's very, very high. So Avram itself means Yud. So I understand why Avram doesn't need a Yud added to his name, but the question is why you're giving him a hay. What is, what is Avram going to do with the hay? Quite on the contrary, a hay might impede his, his power to give birth because if he's having hay, that means he's revealing that ain't so flight. And if he's revealing that ain't so flight, it's too much energy, too much light, and that, 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 then you couldn't have a, a defined being. Understand? So now that's his question that he asks now. If so, Omash and of Avram, hey. And, the re- and now we have to understand this, that Avram got a hay. Avram ain't a moilet. Chazal say the same thing. Avram doesn't give birth, but with the hay. So the Rebbe explains an interesting thing. Avram did not need, Avraham did not need the hay to have Yitzchak. For Yitzchak, Avram could have had Yitzchak without the hay. Even by being called Avram, he could have had, he could have had Yitzchak. When Avram is called Avraham, Rashi, doesn't, Rashi says the opposite. Rashi doesn't say that, he, that he's called, just in a simple meaning, he's called Avram so he can have the Jewish people. Rashi says the opposite. When he was called Avram, he meant he's a father to Aram. Avram means, according to Rashi, Av la Aram. He's a father to an exalted people. What does that teach you?
So when Avram was called Avram, when Avram was called Avram, Rashi says he was a father to who? He was a father only to the Jewish people, even though Yitzhak wasn't born yet. Now that he's called Avraham, Rashi says it means Avhamon Goyim. He's a father to the entire world. So you see something interesting. That Avram's added hey is not for the sake of the Jewish people to being born. Avram's added hey was that Avram should be able to influence the nations. And in Hasidus we learned that means that he should be able to attract converts. In other words, we, Avram could have been a father to the Jewish people without that hey. The hey opened up a new power in Avram Avinu to be able to make Gentiles become Jewish. Open up the conversion process. Oh, so now it makes sense. Because to create Yitzchak, Avram doesn't need the hay. Quite on the contrary, the hay can only be making problems. Because to bring Yitzchak into existence in Atzilus from nothing, you have to block the Ein Sof. Because if you're allowing the Ein Sof to be revealed, then you can't have a defined being, as we said before. But now there's another Indian. In order for Avram Avinu, what's, what does it mean to be a father of nations? To be a father of the nations means that the Jewish people should be able to attract sparks of holiness that are within the world and be able to draw them to them. For that is already, that's dealing already with the next stage. That's dealing already with Atsilus. Where are the sparks of holiness? The sparks of holiness are not in Atsilus. Atsilus is a world of Tikkun. Atsilus is a perfect world. Atsilus is a world that's unified with God. The sparks of holiness are where Saras territory is. In Bria, Yetzir, and Asiya, the three lower worlds, that's where the sparks of holiness is. That means that Avram now has to come down to where Sarah is and shine light from Atzilus into Bria, Yetzir, and Asiya. To do what? To attract sparks, to attract Gerim to him. For that, for that, what did we say before? Any light coming from Atzilus to Bria, Yetzir, and Asiya cannot come in a concentrated form of a youth. If it's coming in a concentrated form of a yud, again, as we said earlier, the godliness of it is too hidden, too concealed. There is energy, but it's not identifiable who that energy is coming from and the like. And what happens? It becomes chas v'shalom, a source. It becomes chas v'shalom, a source for klipa. Similar to the idea, I'll give you a little exa- example for that. It's the idea, we learned many times, why Yitzchak didn't want to, why Yitzchak wanted to bench Esau. Yitzhak wanted to bless Esau, but Rivka prevented him. So we need to understand, and, and, and Yitzhak blessed Yaakov. So it's explained in Hasidus, because Esau contained very, very, very powerful um, um, sparks of holiness in him. And Yitzhak wanted to bless him by doing what? By, by giving him an extra dosage, a, pow- a, 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 a dosage of energy onto, Yit- onto Esau. Hopefully he felt he would break the klipa and allow the spiritual potential that Esau has to be extracted and to become the dominant force in Esau. And Esau would become a Baal He would conquer, he would throw off all the klipa off in him, off him, and he'd be able to reveal his true godly soul, his true divinity that's within him, which means the spark should, be, should come out into the open. That was the Yitzchak's intention. The reason why Rivka knew it's not going to work was because she knew that if he's going to give him an extra dosage, He's going to shine. Yitzhak is going to shine into Esau an extra dosage of Chayas. 
Aesop's Klippa is so strong that he's going to grab that extra energy and instead of allowing his true deeper inner self to, 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 to use that to bring forth his higher energy, he's going to take that extra power for his perverted ways. And the clip is only going to get strong. So this is the same idea. If Avram Avinu was going to add more energy into the world, but he's going to do it in a Yud manner, in a Tzimtzum dig away, then the Klippas are going to be able to like grab that energy to them. Instead, for Avram to be able to shine light into the breeze, for Avram's light to shine onto the, all the converts, onto Gentiles across the world even today, and Avram's Avinu's Neshama is reaching into the various different corners of the world, shining his light to attract it has to be in a more open way. Because if in a very concealed, concentrated way, it, would, it wouldn't accomplish that. So again, for the creation of Yitzchak, he doesn't need the hay. He needed it to become a father of the nations. And that's what he's saying. So that's the question, why does he need? The Pasuk says, the reason why. I've made you a father of nations. Similar to the idea of the souls, the souls that they made in Haram, which Rashi says, those people that they converted. This is the idea to elevate from the other side. The ability to be able to elevate from the other side, that Indian. We, Avram needed to have a power of expansiveness, not a power of tzimtzum. But in order to be able to give birth to Yitzchak, who is the side of holiness, he didn't need a hay. He didn't need a hay. The side of Kedusha doesn't need a hay. What did he need in the side of Kedusha? He needed the opposite. In other words, for Yitzchak himself, the hay is, is, would have been better. Yitzchak himself, for his own Indian, is not receiving from a hay. Yitzchak is receiving from the Yud. Why? In addition to the fact, see, there's two things about the Yud. In addition to the fact that from the Ein Sof, we spoke earlier, the only way things can be trans transmitted from the pure Ein Sof is only through a Yud. That's one Indian. That's only showing the Yud in terms of its, we have no choice, we have to take from a Yud. So there's no positive L aspect to it. It's only, to, it's only because that's the only thing. No, essentially it's a negative thing. It's a negative in the fact that you have, to, you have to constrict, you have to limit it so much. But we have no choice, so you have to do it. But there's also a positive element to it. And what's the positive element to it? Positive element is if you're receiving from a Yud, which is just a tiny little point, it's, it, 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 the, the character of that point carries over into all the creations that it creates. And that is that what? That they're all tiny and small and feel insignificant to their source. Notice the fact that the Yud represents two things. It represents small in the sense of being, 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 being only a drop, but it also represents the idea of bitl. When there is a hay, a hay represents ispashtos. And someone who's receiving from a hay is also in a state of what? Of, 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 of ispashtos, meaning of sensing their own metzias, of sensing their own existence. Kedusha is rooted dafke in a yud. That's why the, the Jewish people in Yiddish are called a yid. 
Because what makes a Jew a Jew is his bittel. And the bittel of a Jew is because a Jew is receiving from a Yud. And the idea of this, of this point of being nothing in front of the mashpia that's giving you, that's the idea that permeates the entire world of Kedush. So therefore for, for Yitzchak's, for the Ashpa to create Yitzchak, Adarab, Avram needs a Yud, and as we said earlier, he doesn't have to have a Yud in his name, because Avram itself means Yud, exalted father, which is the Yud. He Adarab, Bechol said to the Kedusha, Bechenaz Bittl there's no expansion. Ma'ashen kein l'sara, which isn't the case of Tesara. Netoise v'hei l'leidas Yitzchak, she needed v'hei to give birth to Yitzchak. Because her Indian is to bring Yitzchak's neshama into the world, not into the spiritual world of Atzilus, but into the world down here. If you will bring Yitzchak's neshama down into this world through a tzimtzum coming from Malchus, then the energy of the Jew would be too constricted, too limited, too, too, too tiny, too small. And quite on the contrary, it would be possible for more for the non-Jewish world to swallow up the Jew and take Chas v'Sholem, the Jew hostage, so to speak, to empower them for their corruption. So therefore the Yid, Sarah, has to give Yitzchak forth in a manner of expansion. So Yitzchak's energy is in an expanded state. And when Yitzchak's energy is in an expanded state, the Klippas are afraid of him. As it's being translated into the lower Dargas, that's the difference. The difference between being receiving the neshama into its first initial projection into the world of Atzilus and then carrying it for it. This is the mimer um, of the Alter Rebbe, that uh, the small, very, very, one of the smallest mimerim that we learned, this little mime. Now I added on, in the copies, I added on to you from the Tzemach Tzedek, uh, where there is a explanation. Now what we still didn't explain was what happened to the Yud. But Sarah's power of Tzimtzum, the power that was initially in Sarah, which is a power of contraction, which is a Yud, what happened to that? It was taken away from Sarah, but we said that the Yud complained, and it was given to Yahushua. So why is it given to Yahushua? So we have to say that there is, a, there is something that Yeshua needed. Yeshua required this, this Tzimtzum. So to understand this, let's take a look over here. Yud Shahaisiv Li Yeshua. This is on page 1446. This is in Chelek Dalit, this is in the fourth um, 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 Perek of the Tzemach Tzedek's Oyer HaToyrah, in Chelek Dalit on page 1446. Sheyud Shehoisev, on the bottom. Yud Shehoisev the Yud that was added to Yeshua. Ula Avram Visara, but to Avram and to Sarah, vi Yosef Hayhayen. Three people that got a Hay added to their name. Avram was Avram and he became Avraham. Sarai was Sarai, and now she became Sarah. And Yosef, in Tehillim, it says that when Yosef became king over Egypt, after he withstood the test of the wife of Potiphar, he was given an extra hay. Primarily, it says that when he, but the, one of the, one of the, the Gemara says in Sech Sota, one of the rules that was required for, for someone to be a ruler in Egypt is to know the 70 languages. And um, Yosef did not know the 70 languages. He spoke Hebrew. Maybe he knew Egyptian, but he didn't know the 70 languages. So a Malach came to him that night, Malach Gavriel, and he taught him the 70 languages, but he wasn't retaining them. He had a crash course in all 70 languages, but he wasn't able to retain them. So then the Malach came and what? And added a hate to his name. And from Yosef, he became Yehosef. And when he added, because it says in Tehillim, Edus be Yehosef. 
So as soon as Yofam Yosef became Yehosef, suddenly he was able to know the 70 languages and he was able to be promoted to be the, the, the viceroy, the viceroy of Egypt. So we have to understand why Yosef, Avram, and Sarah are getting a hey, and Yeshua gets a yud. Sarah, so look in the, he's pointing you to this mimer that we just learned. Sarah Yeshtecha, her name should be Sarah. Vahamachavan and the intention is, that's what we learned. The Ba'atzilus, in the world of Atzilus, Hagiloy al Yede Yud. In Atzilus, all Giloyim into Atzilus comes through a Yud. That's why. Because Atzilus is receiving from where? From the Ain Saif. If the Ain Saif would pour into Atzilus without a Yud, it would destroy the whole Atzilus. They couldn't have a world. It couldn't have any definition because Yud means breaking it down to a decimal point. If you don't have that and the Ain Sof itself flows from above, it, the Ain Sofish kite of the Ain Sof would, wouldn't allow the forms of Atzilus to take form because everything would be blown away by the undefined character of the Ain Sof. So therefore, from above has to be spoken earlier. And, but also on the other hand, what else did we say? What does the Yud accomplish? When you're receiving from a Yud, it makes you be a Yud. Just like we said, Chachma. Chachma receives. Chachma Chachma comes from a place called Ayin. And therefore, what is Chachma itself? Chachma too is Kayachma. It also is bottle. So the same is also the entire world of Atzilus receives from a Yud. And that's what's the character of the entire world of Atzilus? Bittel. Atzilus is totally, is, Atzilus is not even, the, the entities of Atzilus are so unified with God because they're totally bottled to him. So therefore, again, in Atzilus, the Giloy is always through a Yud. Why? Because there needs to be a Tzimtzum, the Ein Soif, from the Ein Soif. In order for there to be any kind of a Hamshach. That's why it says in Eitzchayim, on the Pasuk, that with Chachma, all of them you made with Chachma. So in Eitzchayim it says, through the Chachma element of Adom Kadmon, which is Chachma's Yud, through the Yud of Adom Kadmon, Nimshach Ba'atzilus. That's the energy. That's why Atzilus we know, in general the world of Atzilus is dominated by a Yud. Atzilus is dominated by Chachma. Avol but in Bria, Yetzir, and Asiya, when we're translating down into the next three worlds, over there we know the dominating, the, the energy of God that's in Bria is not the Yud anymore. Is which the energy of Hashem that's in Bria is the hay. Avo Bibiya al Hey. It's through the hay. Ema Makanano. We know the power of mother, the mother of the power of Ema, the power of mother, which is Bina, Makanano. That's what dwells in where? In the world of Bria. So the, and two things. Number one, because if, if from Atzilus there would come a, if from Atzilus there would come a Hamshacha through a Yud, we said earlier, the light would be so dimin. You know, one of the Mishalim that's given at the Hasidus, which uh, one of the Mishalim that is given in Hasidus um, is, is uh, for this idea that Dafka from the Ein Sophia have to receive through a Yud but not from a lower level, not from Shechina, it says like this, Chazal say that, that when huge Talmidei Chachamim, when huge Tzadikim, when huge scholars, when they speak just, um, when, the, when the huge scholars, you put on the heat? <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, okay, that's not going to help you because this one is on, but okay. Okay, good. <laughs> it all works together, but okay. The, um, again, so let me, let me explain this. Oh, so it says, Chazal said like this, that Sichas Chulin, that the, that the, not, Sichas Chulin doesn't mean necessarily joke, Sichas Chulin means the, the um, mundane talk from a Talmud Chacham, from a great Torah scholar, should be studied. That means if you're listening to conversation, regular, ordinary, worldly conversation of huge Torah scholars, you should know there is, you should record it and then study what they said. And every word that they said, you should know, teaches all kinds of laws and things. There, there's great wisdom in the Sichas Chulin of, of, of a Talmud Chacham. But how about the Sichas Chulin? How about the, the ordinary talk from an ignorant person? So then the ordinary talk of an ignorant person or the worldly talk of an ignorant person is truly ignorant. So it's kind of like this. When you have a beautiful a tree which got the best, 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 best fruits. Like the, so, and then if it falls down, like fruits that are not exactly so perfect fall down from the tree because the tree... So these, they're also delicious. You're not going to maybe use it as the most this, but you can make a compote out of it or whatever it is, and it's still going to be wonderful because it's a falling, a dropping of something that's extraordinary. Even the little shaving pieces that fall off are also something. But if there is somebody who's from the very, very, from the onset, his wisdom, is not, his intelligence, or his or her intelligence is not so great. So if they're telling you over something that they heard that's intelligent, okay, I understand. But if they're going to talk, stam narish talk, there's nothing there left. Someone whose mind is so, so expansive and so great, even, as, even what we might say is him being silly, even his jokes or his silliness or just plain idle chatter, that too, because it's coming from someone who's got such infinite wisdom, a little bit of that wisdom pours into everything that he or her says. So that's the idea. From the ain't self, even a yud is holy. But from shechina, if it will come through a yud, it's, of course, a yud from shechina to us. But we understand, that's why from shechina, it has to come through a hey, not through a yud. She has to, as we said earlier, she has to express herself, not hide, in her hashpo. Because if everything would be contractions, even for Malchus, as we said earlier, there would be complete darkness and there would be a complete disconnect between Hashem and the world. Therefore, we know. Chazal tell us that there's two worlds. There's our world and the world to come. Olam Abba was created through a Yud, and Olam Hazeh was created through a hey. What's the difference? Olam Abba means Atzilus. Atzilus is called Olam Abba. Why is it called Olam Abba? Because one day we're all going to be living in that consciousness. After Tchiyas Amesim, we're going to all be living in Atzilus consciousness. So Olam Abba is created with a Yud. Lechein Olam Abba Atzilus, which Olam Abba is the level of Nivra Biyud, is created with a Yud. But our world, the hey. Ayin Egeres HaKodesh, look in Egeres HaKodesh, in the back of Tanya, Vayaz Dovet Shem, where he explains this idea. Vidugme ledavar, medali, something to compare, there I said Taka earlier, some comparison to this idea is when I spoke about earlier about the here. Remember? In the Mimer over here in Torah, he doesn't, even though I, I mentioned it, he didn't mention it. it 
in the Mimer, it doesn't mention that that's the difference between why by a Nazir the hair is very holy, and by a woman the hair has to be covered. So that, that he brings over here. The Sarois, they hear, the Ayin Kuf. Ayin Kuf stands for Atik. For the level of Atik, Atik means Atika. What's that? That's Keser. The innermost of Keser of the crown. Tachlis HaKedusha. That's the epitome of holiness. Umesaris the Nukva. But from the here of Malchus, of the Nukva, Yoinkim HaChitzainim. From them, the Chitzainim, the the forces of the external forces or extraneous forces, they derive energy from Vatab. And the reason is, the Ma'atik Yoimim from Atik Yoimim, Hamshech, you can't draw anything from Atik Yoimim, Simtsum, only through contraction. Shuhuasara, which is a little here. Venimtsa Hamshacha Mitzum, because you can't take more than that. Venimtsa comes out, Hamshacha Mitzum Tzemes, Zu, this tiny little drop. It's the ultimate of holiness. As we said, Shimshana Gibor, he's receiving through this tiny little hair, but it's all of his kedusha and all of his powers in his hair. The tzimtzum coming from Malchus. If from Malchus there will be such a tzimtzum, it will be totally dark. The I and B or Zal Pasik Viniktashti, Betoich, look in the Mimer Viniktashti, it's a Mimer in, in Lakuti Torah where he explains this Indian. Lachain, therefore, Dafka to Sarah, Sarah is Malchus, Noisev Hela Sarah. She needs more open communication, not contracted communication. Lavram, yes, Tamachar. But Avram has another reason why he has a hey. We spoke earlier, it's not because of the hey for Avram, is not because for the birth of Yitzchak. The hay for Avram was so that he can attract, shine his light into Bria, Tzir, and Asiya, and attract the Gerim. Over there too, if he's, if he's shining his light only through a tiny little Yud, he's not going to attract Gerim. So he has to, Avram too, when he's coming into Bria, Yitzir, and Asiya, has to expand his light. The Chaimli Yosef. This is Geshmak. This is, and also Yosef. Yosef, oh, Yosef getting a hay is similar to Sarah getting a hay. Why? Chaimli Yosef. Or also similar to Avra. Because what's the idea? Kadesha Yilmoid Ayan Lashem. From the from the from the Gemara, it seems that Yosef needed the hay in order to learn the 70 languages. What's the significance of Yosef learning the 70 languages? So let's understand something really, really powerful. Ki Ayan Lashem, the 70 languages, Hamakaram Shachal Ayan Sarim. You see, there are 70 primary nations in the world. The 70 primary nations in the world are deriving their energy from the 70 ministering angels above. And the 70 ministering angels above, hear this, the 70 ministering angels above are deriving their energy from the 70 languages. The 70 languages are higher than the ministering angels. Because what are the 70 languages? The 70 languages are a twist on Lashon HaKodesh. Lashon HaKodesh is the Shekhinah. Shekhinah is Malchus. Malchus is, is Pat, the mouth. Malchus produces Lashon HaKodesh, the holy tongue. Then these, the let, where did all the 70 languages come? We learned two weeks ago, last week of Parshas Noach. God scattered, uh, Hashem mixed up the language, but it was all, initially they were all Safa Achas, they were speaking Lashon HaKodesh. That means that this is a perversion of Lashon HaKodesh. That means when you're taking the, the pure letters of the Shekhinah 
And then you're exchanging them. And every time you're exchanging letters and sounds, what is it doing it? It's diminishing the flow. It's contracting it. It's, it's like um, the flow is not direct. It's now being blocked and twisted and turned. And all of these turns and changes, are it's distorting. That's the point. It's distorting the initial flow. So it's diminishing it. You create 70 languages. From these 70 languages of letters are derived the 70 ministering angels. From the 70 ministering angels above comes down the, the, um, the uh, 70. And that's the reason why the pharaohs in Egypt wanted to know the 70 languages. It wasn't stam, you could know just to be smart. They knew that when they know the 70 languages, they will dominate over the 70 nations. By them knowing the language means by them plugging into the source from where all these languages come from. By them, but you see, Kalipa can connect to the 70 languages, but not to the singular language. That's why Paro didn't know Lashon HaKodesh. The one language he didn't know was Lashon HaKodesh, because the Lashon HaKodesh, that's still in Atsilas, that's not in Bri, Atsir, and Asiya. Paro has no connection to the world of Atsilas. He's not able to pick up the languages in its undistorted original form. So he doesn't know Lashon You think about it. I mean, if he learned every language, couldn't he learn Lashon HaKodesh? He couldn't even learn it. It just wouldn't go for him. He couldn't connect to that... The, the idea of the language in its pure state was above Paro. But he Dafka wanted to know all the other 70 languages because that would give him dominion over the 70 nations. Yosef didn't know the 70 language. Why didn't Yosef know the 70 language? Because Yosef at Tzadik is an Atzilus. The source of Yosef's Neshama is Yesod. Malchus, you see, Malchus has already a Shaykhus to the 70 languages. Malchus is Lashon HaKodesh, holy speech which from the Holy Speech comes the 70 languages. So Malchus has a connection to the 70 languages. But Yosef is Yisod. Yisod is higher than Malchus. He's a state where the pure, where the, where the energy is still even higher than letters, higher than words. It's a pure, powerful energy of Atzilus. It's totally unified with God. Yosef is above and he can't even know those languages. What was the point of him, but let's understand something, what was the point of Yosef getting to know the 70 languages? Was an interesting idea. Yosef getting to learn the 70 languages was, it says an interesting, we learned this in Shabbos in the morning at the last few years ago, in the Shir, two years, I think, a year ago, that the reason why Yosef got to know the 70 languages was actually to add energy to the 70 ministering angels. By Yosef learning their languages, he was enabling the 70 languages to derive from him. In other words, he was learning the languages not that he should gain something, it was for, to allow the languages to gain something. Because now, if he knows their languages, they get a connection with him. So a lot of times when you learn something, you have to be careful with what you're learning. Because when you're learning something, you think you're gaining. You're actually allowing that something access to you. It's like when you're innocent, it doesn't have an access to you. So you'll say by learning 70 languages, in a sense, he was perverting his mind with 70 languages. But why... Why did the Malach come do that? What's the good about it? The answer is, that's the whole idea of Gullus. The whole idea of Gullus is that the Klippus get access to the Jewish soul, to the Jewish energy, to energies that are higher than them. But why would we do that? The answer is, in order to be able to extract the sparks that are there, we first have to allow them a little more energy flow in them. When you give them flow, a flow, extra chayas and extra energy, so on the one hand, they become more powerful and dominant. They think they rule the whole world. They become like, once the Jews came into Egypt, Pharaoh and the, and the Egyptians became way stronger than they were before. 
Yosef empowered them. We know they became rich. They got all the money from the whole world because Yosef being there empowered them. But ultimately, give it 210 years, we extracted all their energy and they collapsed. Nothing there. So that's the rule always. In order to be able to take, you first have to give. Get into a relationship. It allows you, chas v'shalem, to, it, it causes a little bit of a, of a draining of your energy into that which, but then the point is to pull it out. So Yosef went to learn the land, but, but here's the thing. As long as Yosef is Yosef and he doesn't have a hay, he has no connection. So Yosef got the hay, which hay? The hay of Malchus. The lower hay. So interesting, there's a debate amongst the Kabbalists when Yosef got a hay, which hay was it? Was the hay of Bina? Or was it the hay of Malchus? According to the explanation that we're learning over here, it was the hay of Malchus. It was downgrading Yosef to a hay. Through the hay, he can be mashpiat to them. As long as he doesn't have a hay, he has no way of communicating to these 70 languages. Look, look at that. It's a source for the 70 sarim, the biyav, briyati. Shekulam yoinkim, they're all deriving their energy, mahavav ktsavois, from the six, from Yosef. From Yosef is Yesoid, and Yesoid is the culmination of all the six spheros of Atzilus. In order for him to be able to give this hashpa, Yosef needed a hay. Exactly like Avram. What did we say earlier? Avram's, Avram, Avram, is, Avram is a father only to the Jewish people. His hashpa, his channeling of godly consciousness and awareness is only to the Jewish people. But then what's going to be with all the sparks of holiness that are amongst all the potential gerim, all those who could convert? What's with them? Bishril, if anybody wants to really watch something fascinating, there's a fellow by the name of Nisim Black. He's a rapper. He's a, he's a black kid from, from literally from the ghettos. He was selling drugs when he was eight years old. And he's mamish from the slums. He grew up in Seattle. And he, did, and he speaks for 40, you gotta hear this on YouTube. It was unbelievable. He was, grew up, his grandfather was a Muslim. And then he, with a Muslim, Christian, this, that, and he describes his way. And now he wears a, a, a Hasidic hat, and, a, and, and he's the, he's, it's hilarious, but he's so good, and he's describing his whole journey. It's, it's mamish. But you see, sparks like this. How do, you get, how do you get a kid out of the slums? Avram Avinu has to shine into his neshama, but Avram is too lofty. So he has to have the hay, and the hay is the hay of Malchus, and through that... That's why the Tzedek says, Tzedek says, It's the lower hay that Yosef got, Malchus. Through this, He's Nimshach, and he gives energy to Bri, Yatsir, and Asir. In order to be able to do the beer. And what did we say? He has to first give, and then he can extract. Yosef himself, the Yosef of the Zerampin. He didn't understand and he did not have any ability to influence to the 70 minister angels. He needed to go through Malchus and through Malchus he was able to be Mashpia to them. Okay, so this is all the haze. Now we understand why Sarah got a hay, why Avram got a hay, and why Yosef got a hay. We need to understand now we have a floating Yud. That needs to go somewhere. And who does it go? It goes to Yeshua. That means that Yeshua is getting what? The opposite power. A contracting power. So why is that? Pnei Yeshua, Pnei Levana. 
Chazal say, Yeshua, Moshe Rabbeinu's face was the face of the sun. Yeshua's face was the face of the moon. Now we know the moon is Malchus. Moon is Malchus. So moon, Lechuri, Yeshua, and that's what we can right away understand why Yeshua and Sarah can switch letters. Why Yeshua, or at least Yeshua can receive a letter, because they're both connected to each other. Sarah is Malchus, and Yeshua is Malchus. David HaMelech, these are all the people, characters of Malchus. That's why Dafki Yeshua is the one who conquers Eretz Yisrael, because Eretz Yisrael is Malchus. Okay. But by Moshe, it, the hay is part of his name. I'm saying not, not an, it wasn't added now, right? Yeshua, we find he, he's given a yud. Why is he giving a yud? Chura, we said before, Malchus doesn't want, doesn't need a yud. Malchus dafka, you want Ashba to come from Malchus from a hay, not from a yud. But Yeshua dafka gets the hay. Why? The yesh gamke. Because in the moon, there's two stations of the moon. The moon, we find the moon in a state of the first 15 days in a month where the moon is growing and expanding and getting bigger and bigger and stronger. But we also know that there is the second half of the month where the moon gets diminished or light, less and less. And we also know that the powers of Klippus become very strong in the second half of the month. That's why the people are careful not to have weddings the second half of the month and try to make always in the first, because in the first half of the month, the powers of Kedusha are dominant. The second half of the month, there's always a dwindling and there's more power on the other side. And that's called Pegimas Halavana. At the moon, it's the idea of, of Chava. The moon is also Chava. The snake getting, getting into Chava and getting, causing a blemish. So there's something called Pegima Sahari. Which, why? It comes from the idea that the moon is Malchus. Ragleho Yeredes. We spoke so many times, Malchus can be infiltrated by the forces of unholiness. The reason is because her feet go down to the place of death. Malchus extends the Shechina, the idea of Golis or Shechina. Shechina goes down into the into the lowest places, because Shechina goes down to extract sparks of holiness. But different than Yosef and Avram. Yosef and Avram, even though they too were, were, were extracting and pulling, they themselves remain in a place of holiness. They're shining their light down to a place of klipa and causing a magnetic pull for sparks to be drawn to them. But they don't go into the trenches. Shechina, Malchus, David HaMelech went into the trenches. He gets his hands bloody. Shechina goes down literally to wage war into the forces of darkness. Her feet go down to the place. And therefore, the Shechina, because she goes down so low, needs an, an a power, in addition to the power of the hay, which is her expansive power, she also needs a power to hide her energy, which is the power to close, to lock herself up. Because if she doesn't have the yud and she only has the hay, so it's interesting. We said earlier, if she would be mashpia only through a yud, then the chitzonim would take from her. That's what we spoke earlier. So she needs to be mashpia in a more open way. But on the other hand, there's another Indian. As she's descending very, very, very low, where the klipas are even stronger, so then her hay, even her hay, even if she's coming with the hay, it's too dangerous. So then she needs a yud, and what's the yud? The yud does not. The yud doesn't even mean so much a hashpa, a a giving. The yud represents mainly a closing, a shutting of her light, a concealing, a hiding. And she has to put up a tzimtzum to constrict and hide it. So therefore, 
in order the chitzayim should not be able to derive energy from the inner light of Malchus, Hutzrich Loimar Ka Yoishiacha. And where do we find that? What are the Maraglim called? What are the Maraglim called? I just thought of it right now. They're called Maraglim, talking about feet, regel. They're on the level of feet and they're going on the earth. And where was the earth? The earth was the territory of the seven nations. They were going into the Klippas. And it's the idea that the feet go down. The feet going down to a very muddy place. The feet get dirty. So you need to protect the feet. So Moshe Rabbeinu says to that time, to Yehoshua, who is the Shechina, Yeshua is the face of the moon, who is now going down into the lowest place to do a birur, needs extra protection. So he gives him the Yud. Which Yud? The contracting Yud that Sarah had. Which for Sarah was not good. But hold it, isn't Sarah Malchus too? Doesn't Sarah need the Yud? The answer is like this. Sarah is Malchus in Atzilus. She's Malchus as Malchus is still up there. She's not Malchus as it's actually going down. Malchus is the source for Bri, Yetzirah, and Asiyah, but we know that Malchus itself has times when Malchus is in Atzilus and times when Malchus descends down herself. Like, like the time, for example, the difference between Ma- the Shekhinah when she's in, in, in the time of in Eretz Yisrael in the Beis Amigdash, or the Shekhinah when the time of exile when she goes down into the dark places. So that's the difference. Sarah is Shekhinah in a more exalted state, so she needs a hey. So the hashpa that she's giving should not chas and be go to klipas. She needs a powerful, a powerful expressive hashpa, not a contracted hashpa. But Yeshua was actually going down, 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 down into the conquest of the land, into the dark places, needs a power of tzimtzum to hide his light. Because chas if the light would be exposed, the, the, the klipa would, would come to him. So, um, it shouldn't arrive a place that's not fitting. The Sarah, but what's with Sarah? Yes, we can say Sarah is Malchus as it is in Atzilus. Yeshua is going down through a war he's conquering. That means he's going into the enemy's territory. We know this two psukim, Kuma Hashem Lemnucha Secha or Kuma Hashem Vayafutsu Vecha. So Kuma Hashem Vayafutsu Vecha means when the Shekhinah goes out to battle. Kuma Hashem Lemnucha Secha means rise up, God, to a state of Menucha. Go back up to Atzilus, that's Sarah. It's a state of Menucha. You're not fighting. You're way up there. That's a different story. Like the difference between David Amelech and Shlomo Amelech. Shlomo Amelech was remained in holiness, and from there he's extended his, his, his energy over the whole world, his power. David HaMelech went down into the battlefield. So in that sense, there needs to be more protection in Yeshua than there is in Sarah. Okay. Ordinarily, another idea that appears to me, he says, the Indian Bezahay and Davram Vesara. So now he's going to add another Gishmaki Indian. That the Tzemach Tzedek has, the two Hays. Because Sof Kosoif, Avram has a Hay, and Sarah also has. According to what we learned till now, Avram's Hay was not needed for Yitzchak. Avram's Hay was only for Avram to be able to attract Gerim. But for Yitzchak, Avram, since Avram's contribution of Yitzchak is in Atzilus, over there you don't need a Hay. Sarah is planting Yitzchak in Bria, Yitzir, and Asiya, over there you need a Hay. Fine. But Avram's Hay was only for, for, for his attraction of the non-Jews. But now, 
Now he wants to say in, in this explanation that Avram did need a hay to, for the, to create Yitzchak as well. And which and Avram's hay and Sarah's hay is really what? It's really the Yud from Sarah that was split in half. And Yud is ten. So when you split ten in half, you have five and five. Five went to Avram and five went to Sarah. Now, they, so really, it's different than we said before. Before we said the Yud goes to Yeshua. But according to the explanation now, it actually split and became two Hays. Hay for Avram and Hay for Sarah, and together they can have children. What is that? So, Oid Natalie be in and the Avram and Sarah. Ayin Vayakel be Tovkuf Samach Look in the Mimer, Tovkuf Samach from the Alter Rebbe, from the year Tovkuf Samach Now, it's interesting. That Mimer. In the book over here, Tafkov Samach Zayin, only has a beginning, one page, and then it cuts off. So I couldn't really learn the mimer and get the full thing. But it has afterwards an explanation of the mimer, and in the beer, it seems like he uh, he does review some of the ideas. So I got some kind of a vague understanding of what he's saying over here. Eich b'yesoid Abba nichlulu heichasadim veheigavurois. Over there, he's talking about the idea of Ayakel Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu gathered as Koladas Bnei Yisrael. All the commandment, all the, all, the, all the assembly of the Jewish people. And he explains like this. What's an assembly? What's an assembly? An assembly of Jews is always a minion. How much is a minion? Ten Jews. Ten Jews is an assembly. It's called Adas. Vayakel Moshe is to gather the ten together. So what is the meaning? So he explains the Gavaldi idea. He says like this. Where does the concept of a minion come from? So we know that in order, the cloud, there is something called the energy flow as it's descending from the high, lower, comes through two powers, chesed and gavura. Right? And there has to be a proper balance between chesed and gavura. Chesed is the impetus to be mashpia, to expand, gavura is to contract. Now, we look at a human being, at us, we see that all of our pu'ulas that we do is through our hands. You build, you do, you make. And here too, so you have ten fingers. Ten fingers come from the five fingers on the right hand are called the heichasadim, five powers of chesed. And the five fingers on the left hand are the five powers of gavura, heichasadim, heigavuras. Now the concept of hey chasadim and hey gavurais in the original original form they all begin in chachma, but in chachma the hey chasadim and the hey gavurais are indistinguishable from each other. It's a point of energy that doesn't you can't distinguish chesed and gavura there. It's just an akuda of energy of life in chachma, and that's why it's called yud. The yud is yud is ten. It has the five and the five, but it has it in one point where it's not distinguishable. Chesed and Gavur. When it goes into Bina, and primarily when it comes into Das, Das is the secret of where the split begins. Because we know that from Das, which is in the back, splits the flow to the right side and to the left side. To Chesed and Gavur. That's why in Tefillin, we have four parashiyos, which are really, there are only three Mochen. There are only Chachma, Bina, Das. How come we have four parashiyos? Because the third parsha, which is Das, splits Shema Vahoyim Shemoya, Chesed and Gevura. Shema is Chesed, and Vahoyim Shemoya is Gevura. It's because the Das makes that split of Chesed and Gevura. 
So what? Into the Hei Chasadim and Hei Gevurais. And that's why, and then it's called Deya. And, but then as it continues down, 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 the Hei Chasadim and the Hei Gevurais, as it translates into Oisiyais, it goes into Malchus, it becomes full-fledged powers of five Gevurais and five Chasadim. And that's when we, when, when, when we, when we talk, for instance, you have breath, the breath itself is the hey chasadim, the power of hey. It's the power of sound and the five organs of speech which split that sound and act as filters and restrainers. They're the five powers of gevura that create the osios. And that's why in Malchus is where you end up with ten. And that's what a minion is. A minion of ten Jews are five powers of chesed and five powers of gevura. Merging together you have an ada. It begins with Das, where the split starts. But over there, it's just Chesed and Gavur. You can't really see the five powers. But as it's moving down, 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 it's becoming more, uh, it's a Kabbalistic idea, five Chesed and five, five Gavur, the good powers. So now, um, let's read inside. In the Yesoid of Father, of Chachma, the five Chesed and the five Gavurais. And that's why, and that's why Avram, Avram, as we spoke earlier, is the Yesod of Abba, is the power of Chachma, Avram, exalted father. Avram, Avram means Yud. We spoke earlier. Avram means Yud, because the exalted father. Because in the, what's a Yud? A Yud is ten, but ten concentrated in what? Ten concentrated at one point. Upirish kimedas, but from das, maschela has chalkos. That's where the Yeshalkos begins. And afterwards it gets divided. Because here's the thing. Let's take, for instance, in creation. There is a point where the Ebershta energizes all the cosmos. In one Nakuda, one point of Chachma, the Ebershta gives energy to all the cosmos. But it's one Nakuda, it's one point. All the worlds, everything is Nichlal in that one point. After it goes into Bina, Bina starts to fleshing it out. Then it goes into Das and it becomes two main powers, cosmic powers. The power of Yeh and the power of No. Chesed and Gevura. The Hashpa goes down. <coughs> then it translates <coughs> into... Now in order to be able to create all the billions different creatures that there are in all worlds, you have to have different Hiskalalus of Chesed and Gevura, which happens once it turns into Osios, into letters. And then each letter is chopped and formed in a different way which is based on the, 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 the integration of the chesed and gevura, how the gevura influences the chesed. That will determine the shape of every letter, the lamed, the mem, the chaf, and then combining all the various different letters to a gazillion different types of different creatures. These are all the... So you realize the letter company, the word company is in the mouth, which is where the full, the full development of these five powers on chesed and gevura are, which later turns into the, the myriads and myriads of creations. So, but it's all coming from the one nekuda of the Yud. And that's the idea of the idea. Uh, that's the idea like follows. Yitzhak is being born. Means that there is a hamshacha. There's a hamshacha of godliness now that's taking place. But Yitzhak has to become a full-fledged nation in this world. And it has to become not just one Yitzhak. Yitzhak is not born as a nekuda. He's born as one. But it says by Yitzhak, it says, I will increase his children. The Abishta tells Avram, I'm going to give you so many children. And he gives him one son. He gives him Yishmael, and Yishmael is not counted. Yitzchak. There's only one son. So it says an interesting thing. Yitzchak 
It's the exact gematria of Arbe. Yitzchak is 208. Let's look at the word Arbe. Arbe means I will increase. Reish is 200. Bez, hey, Aleph. Bez and hey is 7. Aleph is 8. The word Arbe, which means multiple and a lot, is gematria Yitzchak. Which means Yitzchak, so Avram and Sar, initially when Yitzchak is being created, from Yitzchak, Abba, from Avram, Taka and Nekuda. But that Nekuda later increases into Bilbilin. But in order for that to happen, the Yud ha- had to split into the two He's, the He, the, the he Chasadim of Avram. Avram is the five powers of Chesed. Sarah gets the five powers of Gevura. Together, these two five powers of this create Yitzchak, but Yitzchak has a multiple power of Ein Sof Jews that will later be a source of godly energy and blessing to the entire world. Arbe, increasing. So that's what he's saying. To millions of levels. When they're all nichlal in the Yisoyed of Abba, Moshe Rabbeinu did the opposite. What did Moshe Rabbeinu do to the Jewish people? After the Jewish people became already 600,000 Jews, when they went out of Mitzrayim, what did Moshe do? Hear this, what did Moshe Rabbeinu do? After the Yidden became 600,000 Jews, he brought them back up. Moshe. Moshe brings them back up to the Das, to the state where they're higher, and suddenly all Jews are one Nakuda. Back to the Yud. So Avram takes the Yud and splits it into two Hays, and then finally into uh, 600,000 Jews. Moshe Rabbeinu brings them back up, because we have to constantly be able to go back up and down. Back into our one Nakuda, and then out into the thing. So there in that mimer, he explains how in Torah this is so beautiful. doesn't explain it over here, but in that mimer, which I looked up, he explains how in Torah, the Torah initially end, is originally a nakuda. The entire Torah is a nakuda, a, a nakuda of pure godliness. Then it splits into the, the Torah is called Eidoi Secha. David Amel keeps on referring to the Torah as Eidoi Secha. Edo um, Secha uh, uh, means your testimonials. Torah is called testimonials. Why? Because as the Torah descends down, he says it's called Noivlois Chachma. It's just the drippings of the, of the essential Chachma above. It starts dro- dropping. And when it drops down, it drops through the five Chasadim and the five Gevurais, and it becomes the multiple Halachais and all the various different aspects that there are in Torah. So he says, Vayakal Moshe really means, oh, but there are people who can learn the Torah in its original form, prior to its splinterization and falling down into the details. And it would seem from the Mimer that when you learn the Torah on that transcendental original state where the Torah is still in Yesod Abba, the Torah as it is right in its, in, its, in, its, in its pristine form up there before its splinterization, there are no questions. And then you're not seeing the gazillion different you know the entire Torah because you're seeing it in its source prior to its... This will explain a story that I read today. That Ramichal of Zlachev was the great student of the Holy Baal Shem Tov, later a great colleague of the, of the Mezritcha Magid, colleague student of the Mezritcha Magid, Ramichal of Zlachev. So the Baal Shem Tov said, um, um, he, he, uh, he would tell his children, he had five children that he called, he called his five children, they were all huge tzaddikim, he called his five children the five chumashim. 
And um, he told his sons that they should never come to see him in his, in his room unless they have a question. And if they have a, ask a question, they can come to him. So one of his sons, okay, so they, they kind of kept away. And one of his sons had a question, and he came to, to see him, and he walked into the room, and then a second later he left. So his father called him back. And he said, well, you come and you leave. He says, because I had a question, so why did you leave? He says, because as soon as I entered your room, I already answered the question. So he says, because so the, I got the answer. As soon as I came in, I got the answer. So he said, yeah, because to those people that the Torah is revealed in its, in its, in its original form, of, of the way up there, over there, there's the answers to all questions. So as soon as you walked into the space where the answer was present, you didn't even have to talk to me. You got your answers. And that's the real, the real tzaddik, is when you just walk in and they just see them, you have all the answers to all your questions. You don't even have to ask the question, discuss anything. The answers are there just by coming close to them, entering into the room. So I saw from him that he was in Brody, he was in the city of Brod, and when he was in the city of Brod, there was a, still a hotbed of the Misnagdin, and they, they wanted to hear from him that he should say Torah. And he knew that if he's going to, he didn't want to say, he didn't want to say Torah, Chassidish Torah, because this was the Misnagdim, and they wouldn't be impressed by him saying some Hasidic, deep Hasidic insight. They wanted to hear, so he said, okay, he said, bring me a Gemara. They said, which Gemara? He said, anyone you choose. So they went and they picked out a Gemara and they gave it to him. And he started reading the Gemara, then he, then he read the Gemara, then he read the Rashi, then he read the Tosavos, he explained it all in an amazing way. And then he started giving like the most amkastig, deepest lumdish on this, on this thing. And they blew their minds. So they looked at him, they couldn't believe it. They said, the Magid, they called him the Magid of Zlochiv, emphasizing that he was a Magid. He gave like, like nice Musa speeches, but not that it. And the, and the, per, the person said to him, his name was Rab Chaim, he was a genius. He said, why do you say that you're not a Lamdan? And everybody says about you're not a Lamdan. Such goodness we hear from you. So now Michal said like this, the Torah that you study, the Torah that you're studying, and that Torah, and that Torah I'm a very big Lamdan. But the Torah, I'm a big Lamdan, I'm a huge scholar, I'm a big genius, and I'm a bigger genius than you in that, story, in that, in that Torah. But the Torah that's written a black fire on a white fire, that Torah, the Baal Shem Tov was a Lamdan. My Rebbe, the Baal Shem Tov, he was a Lamdan in that Torah. I have a little bit of a knowledge in that Torah. I idea in the Torah. So when I was learning this afterwards, I was able to connect what he was referring to. So when you're talking about seeing the Torah prior to its, 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 its going through the video, prior to words, prior to letters, but getting to the Torah in its quintessential, pure, ain't so godliness as it is in Chachma, on that level to be a Lamdin, is a whole different story. And that's what he said. The Balsham Tov was a Lamdan over there. So now, and now we go back here. Avram Yesoid Abba. Avram is Yesoid Abba. He said, he's exalted father. In order for him to bring a neshama down into the millions of other pieces, small neshama nuggets, let's call them neshama nuggets, every neshama individually. Bibiyah in the three worlds, Briyatzir and Asiyah. Besoid va'arbe, this is the secret of va'arbe, which is gematria Yitzchak. Hu ayadei ha'das, it's through the power of das. 
Mechaber Moichen Lamidois, that first translates the Mochen down to the Midois. The Yesoid, and Yesoid, which is, converts the Midois into Dibor, into speech. It's the, it's, it's dividing it into the five powers of Chesed and the five powers of Gvura. And we know Malchus is built from the five Chasadim and the five Gvurais. Like it says in the Passover, that Malchus, Kavoid is coming from Chesed. The, the drawing forth of the energy of, 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 of Chesed into Malchus. We learned about this when, this year when we were learning about Chodesh Elul. We were learning how Malchus is receiving from Das, and it's receiving both the Chasadim and it's receiving the Gevurais. And Kvoid Malchus Chayameru, that's the power of Chesed flowing into Malchus. Ugvuras Chayadabeiru, and the Gevura is the power of Gevura. These are the five Chasadim and the five Gevurais. Besoid, and I think it's supposed to be not Kosov, or Kvoid Malchus Chayameru, or it means Besoid Kosov, and then it has to say an extra word that it's not here. Kvoid Malchus Chayameru, and what's the point then? Now, I understand. Malchus, we would think, really only needs the power of what? Of Gevura. Because what's Malchus doing? Malchus is taking pure energy of God, and what is it doing? It's chopping it up into tiny pieces to be Mahave and give life to what? To creations, to actual limited beings. For that, Malchus needs the power only of Gevura. So why does Malchus also need the powers of Chesed? Let Malchus only have Gevura and not Chesed. The answer is, if Malchus would only have the power of Gevura, then the creations it would be creating would be too dark. In other words, the tzimtzum would be just too strong. We wouldn't have any ability to be able to be bottle. We wouldn't have any ability to have, in other words, if Malchus would only have gavuris, there would be too much constriction. And the nevrayim that would be created would be created in a complete obliviousness to their source. Like we spoke earlier about Sarah. So there also has to be the hey chasadim and the chesed is constantly balancing the Gevura. That means in our lives, for example, God creates us in a way where he, in order for us to make a living, we have to work for a living. Even though he's the Zanam of Farnas Lakoil, the Abish is the one who gives us every penny, but it's being that we're living in a world of helem and concealment, what happens? We have to earn our money. Now, so what does the Abish to do? From time to time, he makes us earn money in a manner that's purely miraculous. And what does that do? The miracle, it keeps a reminder, or, or at least Hashkacha Pratis, we see a stunning Hashkacha Pratis. That keeps on giving us a little flashes of light to keep us, keep us instead of Chas Vashon, drifting away and becoming too self, uh, uh, too self uh, dependent on, not self-dependent, self, uh, uh, too independent, thinking that we are our own, our own thing. Zawa mituk. The Hechasadim need to be the mitukli is Erevu Boiker. It should be evening and morning. Renana Vesimcha. Bitalayesh. Zau And these are the two Heyen. One from Avram and one from Sar. I and Oid. Now, in addition to this, we're almost done. Al Pasuk Vaasa Merivavois Kodesh. Chulu. Look in the, in the mime of Asa Venira Loimer. To continue to explain how it will understand. Why was that hay? I don't know. See, it's hard to understand if this... I, I, I do want to say something like this. What we're learning right now is, uh, is a reshima from the Tzemach Tzedek. Reshima means different than a mimer. 
A mimer is when the, the Rebbe said a discourse, which means he was explaining. A Rashima was when he was sitting and jotting notes. So he's jotting notes to himself. You can understand that it's much harder to understand what he's saying. So we have to kind of, uh, we have to try to kind of use a lot of our own, our own uh, 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 things to be, able to, to be able to fill in the blanks. So it's a little bit hard to understand if the next piece is, 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 is in explaining the Yud. Because according to the, what we learned just now, where did the Yud come from? The Yud is really Avram's Yud. Because Avram is Yesoid Abba. His name itself is a Yud. And the Yud of Avram is splitting into the hay of, the hay of Sarah and the hay of Avram. But we know that there was a, a Yud in Sarah. Also, oh, we can talk and say, the emphasis, we can say like this, the Yud of Sarah that went to Yeshua. The Yud of Avram, even though the, technically there's no Yud there, it's the Avram of Avram, the exalted, Yesoid Abba, the Yud that contains the five and the five inside of them as one to be splintered and split. But here he seems to be showing how that Yud in Sarah also doesn't allow for children. Why not? How, it's a Nedeloimar. We can say like this. Sarai, the meaning of Sarai when she was called Sarai, we said before Sarai is Malchus. And we know that in Malchus, there is fluctuations. Malchus has many, many conditions. And here's an interesting, a complete new idea. I mean, not new. We studied this already, but new to tonight's class. And that is that we know that one of the things we do every Rosh Hashanah, and Bechlau through Torah and Mitzvahs, we're very much involved in what's called Binyan HaMalchus. We're always constructing Malchus to be a full-fledged... And and um, why? Because it says that initially when God emanated Tzviras HaMalchus, the Abishta emanated Tzviras HaMalchus only as one Nekuda, only as one point. And then um, Malchus has to become, in order for Malchus to be a source of bracha and amshacha and giluyalakus in the world, godly revelation in the world, Malchus has to be an entire part of it. has to be constructed. It's the idea of like, building Chava from being a rib to being an entire person. That avoid is given to us. Construction of Malchus. Why? So what does it mean that Malchus is created as an Akuna? We know that all spheres have ten spheres. To be a full-fledged sphere attribute, the sphere has ten, 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 ten parts to it. But there's a difference between Chachmeh Bina, Ze'er Anpin, and Malchus. An amazing difference. And that Chachmeh Bina, initially when Chachmeh Bina were, was emanated from God, they were emanated in a manner that Chachma had ten spheres in it, and Malchus had, and, and, and Bina had ten spheres. I mean, from their very birth, from the very inception of Chachma and Bina, they were in, conceived as a power of ten, of, of a full parts of. Ze'er Anpin was conceived only as a power of six spheres, and the first three, Chabad, it doesn't have naturally. The, the Ze'er Anpin, Zah, the Ze'er Anpin, has only the Midos that it has naturally, but the Moichin, Chabad of it, needs to, she need, it needs to be, it needs to develop it, it doesn't have it on its own. And how is the Moichin developed? Through our Avodah. On Shabbos and Yonta, for instance, the Ze'er Anpin becomes enriched 
and there's a powerful insurgence of Chabad into the Zayir Anpin. But the Zayir Anpin on its own is created as a kind of a skeleton of six spheroids, but without the Moichen. The Moichen is given to it in a manner of what we call Teisephes, in a manner of We go further down, Malchus is even worse off, kind of. Malchus is initially emanated only as one Nekuda, Kesar Malchus, that's all she has. She has only the Kesar of Malchus, that, that's how she's emanated. All the other nine spheres, Chachma Sheba Malchus, Bina Sheba Malchus, Chesed, Gevur, all the way down, that needs to be added to her, and that's dependent on our Avod. So again, Chachma and Bina we don't affect so much, because Chachma and Bina are Lechatechila fully developed, with all ten. The Zeir Anpin, we, we influence, but we influence only on the level of Moichen, not on the level of the rest of it, is there. Malchus is the only sphere that is created only on our own as a Nakuna, and then our buildup of Malchus is in all ten spheres. That's the way it is. Why is that? Uh, so it is explained, and there's a long mimer, and this is a Biure Hazoyar. Um, over here, I'm sitting with it over here in Pasha's Bolak, where he explains why, uh, what the Nakuda, why the reason for that is. Not going to get into it because it's a long discussion. But he does say that as long as oh, but here's an here's an interesting one more could I do want to say. It does say, however, this that we say that Sarah is a rib, so she's only in a kuda, and then she has to be constructed. Not Sarah, Chava, that she needed to be constructed. But initially, there's a, there's an opinion in the Gemara that when Adam and Chava were created, they were attached back to back, and she was a full human being. Attached to him as two people. So now, how does how does she how, how does she suddenly become a rib? So what happens is like this. He has an amazing idea, and he says like this: Initially, there is a state where where Malchus has all ten spheres. Malchus does have ten spheres, but in that state, Malchus is attached back to back. That means she's only receiving from the back of the Zeiran, not from the front of Adam. Only from the back. What does that mean? So spiritually, that means like this. At the time of creation, in order for creation to happen, Malchus is the channel through where creation takes place, right? All energy has to flow from Atzilus, from the Ein Sof, into Atzilus, from Atzilus, into Malchus, from Malchus, into the creation. So in that sense, Malchus has to have all ten spheres. If it doesn't have ten spheres, she can't possibly create and sustain a complex world. So to create and to sustain the world, Malchus was fully developed. But, he says, that kind of amshacha that's called back-to-back is almost as if it's, it's considered zero. It's not even considered a hamshacha. The reason is because Adam Arishon, he's atzilus. He's connected to what? To Ein Sof energy. Chava, who's the source, Malchus, which is the source of Bri, Yatsir, and Asiya, Briya is already finite. So if energy that's bleakvul, that's ain't sof, is now sustaining and, and, and translating to Chava, and Chava is using that energy to create a finite creation, finitude compared to the ain't sof is zero shebezero shebezero. That means that it's as if he's not giving her anything. Even though universes are being created, 
But who cares about these universes if all they are receiving is a finite energy and a finite energy compared to infinite is zero. It's like, when we spoke in numbers, we once spoke that compared to the infinite, you know, we have a billion, one has some significance. Because after all, how do you make a billion from a billion ones? But when you're dealing with infinite, even a gazil, even the number of a billion is zero. Because even if you add even if you add a billion billions, you're still never going to get to the infinite. And even if you're going to add a whatever, whatever, gazillion billions, you're still never going to get to the, to the ain't so. It's zero. It's, 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 it's. So all the most that are finite compared to the to ain't so is, is nothing. That's the state when they're achar ba'achar, means that she's only receiving from his back. He's giving her nothing. Oh. So what has to happen? She has to be cut off. And what does she have to do? She has to drop her, 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 her finitude her, and become a rib. In other words, she has to bring herself back to a tiny little nakuda. That means she gets frustrated with the world, with her family, with the worlds that she's sustaining and creations that are finite. Because she realizes a creation, finitude and limitation and finite is nothing. If it's not, oh, let's put it, let's not dismiss the world. The reason the worlds are important is because we make a dira for the abishter in the world. Because we bring God into the world. That's the significance of creation. But I'm saying creation without God just remaining finite, even though there's an energy being transmitted from the, from the Abishter down to Malchus, or through Malchus to the world, it's, it's considered a zero, as nothing. So therefore, in order for her to start functioning, what do we want? We want that the world should become, start becoming a container. The finite world should start becoming a container from the Pneumius. That means that Malchus should turn around from being back to back turn to face her husband and receive from and, and have an intimacy with him when she's having an intimacy means he's giving her who we, who who he is and what is he really he's ain't self so he's transmitting his ain't self energy into her and she's able to receive it oh that's already a whole different story but in order for that to happen first she has to become ayan she has to become an akuda a point she drops her nine spheres, she becomes just a nekuda, a point. Nekuda tachas hayesod, that's what it's called. With that, she's, that power of Mesiris Nefesh kind of complete, giving herself over all she, with the infinite desire to receive from him. Then, but in this state, she can't yet, she, she, be, she becomes a keli to be reconstructed. But she can't be mashpia down when she doesn't have what? When she doesn't have the nine spheres. She can't be mashpia down. She's, however, now she disassociated herself with that finitude, with the importance of worlds as they are that are non-godly. She disassociates herself. Now she can be reconstructed, kind of like her finite worlds that she is going to be that she is going to create and sustain are for the sake of becoming a vessel for the Abishta to dwell in. Understand? So she has to redefine those nine spheres. But how does she do it? By first dismissing them completely and then reconstructing with them. So, so here's the inikuda. When she is Sarai, when she's called Sarai, that's, see, what was, what was the difference between Sarai and Chava? Chava, in a sense, never made it to Panim B'Panim, to face to face. She sinned and she kept the world disconnected from God. So Chava was always represented the Shekhinah in the Acher Ba'acher state. And therefore, 
Sarah was the first person that was going to start creating the mother of the Jewish world to be able to bring down the Ein Sof into the creations. But in order for her to do that, what did we say before? She had to have, she had to dismiss everything. And that's why Sarai is Keser Malchus. The Yud of Sarai is the crown of Malchus. As it's in the basically, and as you see by Sarai, you can translate it in her life. That she and Avram had to say goodbye to all the comforts of the world. Throw it all. Lech lecha, me artzacha, Completely, it's all nothing. The only thing that counts is Abishter. She's in a powerful yearning for the Ein Sof. Problem is that in that state, she can't be a mother, a mashpas, to the world because she's only in the Kudah. Now she has to be reconstructed. How is she reconstructed? That's the idea of the Yud becoming a hey. And the, the hey is on the five Gevurais and the five Chassad and that reconstruct Malchus. And now she's a power to be able to receive, not just not just to receive, but also to also to be mashpia. So that's what he's saying over here. That's the meaning where Malchus says, "Shchirani, I'm black." I'm, I'm all, Malchus says about herself, "I am black," meaning I'm just an akuda. I can't give anything. The dafka yadei hasofis tes. Aleph, I think it's supposed to be Tes Samach, Tes Sviris. I don't know what the Aleph is. Zehu Sara Moilid, that's what, that's the meaning of Sara is, is, is giving birth. Ayn Yalkut Pashas Lech. Yud de Sarai Nechlak Lebezaheyon. It's the Yud of Sarai that got divided to the two. Ratzaloimar. Yesoid Haba, the Yesoid of Ava, Sheyia boys. We said earlier, Hey Chasad and Hey Gevurais. Stimum, that two now were hidden. Nizgaluluchutz were revealed outward. They were, they were, we spoke earlier. The, 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 the chesed and gavure and the state of Yesoid are not noticeable. I am a mashakasa, but pasik sorry, yeshtachana. Now the Tzemach Tzedek is questioning. This that it says in that mime, according to this, Avram also needs the hay to have, to give birth. And we said earlier that Avram to create Yitzchak doesn't have to have the hay. It's only to him to attract the, the converts. So the Tzemach Tzedek is now. Questioning his Zayda's mimer. It's interesting. Is only for the nations. He, the says, it's very difficult to say that. In other words, that he's saying about his grandfather's Pinush that it's, it's, it's hard to accept that. I'm seeing that the Tzemach Tzedek is questioning the Pinush of the Zayda. He says, that which forced my grandfather to explain that, the Alter Rebbe is looking at Atzilus, and Atzilus, the revelation is through a Yud. So the Alter Rebbe is saying, then why would, would, would Avram need, need a hay for Yitzchak? Natalie, but this question, he says, I can answer. The Yashli Yashiv, we can answer, Veloimar. That Avram, you're right. In, for Avram to create Yitzchak in Atzilus, Hitake doesn't need a hey. He needs only a yud. But Avram is not. Avram has to not only create Yitzchak's neshama in Atzilus, but he's got to plant Yitzchak in this world down here. For that, Avram also needs the hey. That's the nekud. Da Avram He needed to bring the neshama down. Not stam and oitzer hanashamas up there. He needed to bring the Jewish neshama down in here. It's not enough to the, give birth to it in Atzilus. It's like that reminds me of the story of the Tzanzer Rebbe. The Divrachayim of Tzanz was once coughing and coughing and coughing. 
and his son, I think it was uh, the Garlitz or someone, brought him a brought him a tea, or asked him if he wants a tea. So the Rechaim said, "An atzilus trink benish katay." So it's the, 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 he says, "An atzilus they don't drink tea." The, 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 obviously, he was telling his son, "Don't you realize where I am now? I'm an I'm, a, I'm an atzilus." So the, in, in atzilus you don't drink tea. What are you hacking me in Chinese with tea now? So the, the Garlitz has said to his father, "An atzilus he's managed." So the, the son, the, the son, the, the said to his father, "An atzilus they don't cough either." He says. <laughs> As long as you're coughing, then I'll give you tea too. So it, it's one thing that there's these things up there, but when you bring them down here, you got to deal with this reality. And over here, to bring it into Asiya, you need a, you need a, you need to have a hay. Imkain letzayrech alei de bibiyat tzayrech liyas hay. There needs to be a hay as well. Omasha kasov ki avamoyin. Ah, if so, then you're asking a question on the pasuk. Why does the pasuk? If you're saying that that Avram needs the hay. Also for the birth of Yitzchak, because he has to bring it down here. How come the Torah gives the reason why Avram is getting a hay is kiava moin goyim so that he can be a father to the nations? According to this, even to be a father for Yitzchak, he needs the hay. So how come the pasuk is saying ava moin goyim? It's only for to be able to attract the converts. Hi, no. So he says like this. The this idea that Avram should be a magnetic pull and pull the converts. Efshali is klal built to yahay. That can't be at all without the hay. Ma'ashe'en came be inyan leidus Yitzchak, which, however, in the case of the birth of Yitzchak, she'hay, over there you need the hay, but that's only for the secondary stage. To bring him down in this world, you need a hay. But to produce him up there, Avram could have, and atzilus tige Yitzchak, he could have made without a hay. He could have made just with the yud. To bring the neshama down from atzilus to b'riyatzilus. But not for the main birth of the neshama. By the way, talking about being an atzilus and being down here at the same time, I was reading about Rav Michalov's Lachev, so here's another very cool story. That one time, he was walking back and forth in his shul. Or I think he related, he's walking, and he was talking to himself. And he said, I have no reason to be in this world anymore. I have no reason to be. Whatever I needed to fix in this world, I've done already. And therefore, I, have no, I, 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 I don't want to be here anymore. And while he was saying that, his son walked in with his grandson. And when he took a look, and he said, Oi, I regret, he says. It's taka that I don't need anymore to be here for myself. But for the children and the grandchildren, it would be, it's basically good if, I'm, if I stay around. Later, when the Michal came to the Balshemtov, the Balshemtov said to him, It's a shame that you, that you regretted. You pulled back what you said. The Balshemtov knew what happened. And the Balshemta said, it's a big shame that you pulled back what you said. Because here's the thing. When if Shemayim, they gave you life, a certain amount of years, and from Shemayim, they don't, they don't, um, they don't shorten it just because you davened for it. Why? Because the rule is in heaven, they give, they give, and they don't take back. So once they gave you, like the story with the, with the person who davened for the gold, for, for, for Parnassah, they gave him a, they gave him a, they gave him, they didn't give him, they gave him a leg. 
And then later, later he davened they should take it back because his wife said whatever. So uh, they, they took it back. But they said the miracle that they took it back was bigger than the miracle that they gave it to him because in heaven they give but they don't take back. So the Bolshemta said to him like this. The fact that you, 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 they gave you the years already, they wouldn't have taken it back even though you said you want to die. You, know, you want to leave this world already. They wouldn't have taken it back. But what you lost was you could have continued living in this world like a person who lives on the bottom floor and in the attic. In other words, you could have lived in both worlds at the same time. But now that you pulled it back and you said, no, you want to stay down here, and you, you were, at that moment you had the opportunity to continue, to continue your life both being here and there. Now that you pulled it back, so you're going to be down here, you're not going to be here and there at the same time. Oh, yeah, it's just a different... Uh, in any case, I am a Lakuti Torah, Okay, now to conclude all of this. The, the idea of these two hays. Avram has a hay, the hay chasadim. Yitzchak has, uh, Sarah has the other hay, the hay gavures. When you learn Mishnayis, when you learn Pirkeyavis, you find that there's suddenly it's an interesting thing. There's two people that are mentioned in Pirkeyavis. One of them is Ben Bagbag, Ben Bagbag, Oimer. Everybody knows the Bing Bagbag song. But it's a Mishnah in Pirkeyavis. There's a fellow by the name of Bagbag. And then there's another fellow, his name is Ben Hey Hey. Ben Hey Hey Oimer. What are these? Who are these people suddenly? Strange people. One is Ben Bagbag and the other one is Ben 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 Hey Hey. So one of them says, Lafum Tsara Agra, according to the uh, according to the toil is the reward. And the other one says, the kulaba, that you should. One of them said one of Ben Hey Hey and the other one is Ben Bagbag. One of them says, Lafum Tsara Agra, according to the pain. According to the pain you have in anything, so is the reward. As the harder something is to accomplish, the greater is the reward. And the, and the other one is thing was that you should in the Torah, learn it and learn it and twist it and turn it in a bunch of ways because the more you learn it, the more you, you need the dough, the more you turn it over this, the kulaba, everything is in it. You'll find endless wisdom in it. Okay, these are the two teachings. I don't remember which one is bag bag and which one is hey hey. But the Rebbe explains over here that Bag Bag is Bez Gimel is, is five. Bag Bag is Bez Gimel. Bez Gimel equals five. So Bag Bag is the two Hays. Hey Hey is also Hey. Even though Hey is spelled Hey Aleph, but still Ben Hey. These are the two Hays. If so, why are they sometimes called Bag Bag, the two Hays, and sometimes called Hey? And why Bag Bag? Maybe it should be Ben Da Da. Dalit Aleph, Dalit Aleph. Why Bagbag? Why Bagbag and Hey Hey? So Inyan Ben Bagbag, the Hey Hey, and Ben Hey Hey. The Pirushoi, the Bag, Oyle Hey. Bag comes out. So when it says Ben Bagbag is talking, it means the two Hays are telling you something. The two Hays of God's name. I'm not saying there wasn't a person called Ben Bagbag, but this is why he's in, in Pirkei Yavis, is because he's. Vakasha Lamalay Amar Ben Da. Why didn't he call him Ben Da? Da is also Dalit Hey, Dalit Aleph. Shoy Legam Kain Hey. It's also called Hey. Because then they would say to him, "Here's my corny joke." They would say Da. Okay. Vlama Amar Bag. Why does it say Bag? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> he said he whatever he taught, they would have. But I forget it. It's okay. It's not important. Vlama. If it would say Ben Da Da Omer, and then he would say whatever he said, people would say, oh, for that you had to tell me, Da, whatever. Why did he say Bag? 
Achinian, the idea is as follows. Kihei Davram, I don't know what, here's the thing. I don't think anybody else in the world teaches this Kabbalistic ideas that we learn over here. Maybe so many Rishlam. One thing is for sure, no one teaches it with the silly things we say over here. That I can guarantee you. Kihei Davram, so Hasidus was, this, these mystical ideas were never taught like this, that I can say. Achinian, Kihei Davram, Hemhei Chasadim. The hay of Avram are five powers of Chesed. The hay de Sara and the hay of Sara, Hem hay Gevurais. Those are the five powers of Gevura. Keniska Balakuti Torah Seif Parshas Lech Lecha. As 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 hinted to in Balakuti Torah, the end of Parshas Lech Lecha, a pasuk of Yikra Oid. That's our pasuk that we were learning. These are the two hays. The Yeduah is known. Da Hachasadim Yesh Pehem Mechusim Umagulim. By the way, when he says Kinisker Belakuti Torah, Seif Parshas Lech Lecha, Pasuk Leikaroid, I think he doesn't mean this Lakuti Torah. I think I think he means the Lakuti Torah of the Arizal. I'm going to check it up soon. Because in this Lakuti Torah, Mimer, first of all, it's not Lakuti Torah; it's Torah Oyer, so it can't be. It's not the it's the Arizal's Lakuti Torah. Over there, he explains that the two Hays of Avram are the five Chasadim and the five Gevurais. Now, in Chesed, Yesh Behem Mechusim Umagulim, there is a concept called that in Chesed itself, the Ar from the five chesed's, there are two of them that are concealed and three of them that are revealed. Now, what does it mean? The difference between the five, between the three revealed chasadim and the two concealed ones, I don't know. But it is—it's discussed in Kabbalah that there is five, two concealed chesed's, and three revealed chesed's. I can tell you that the many memorim it explains that when, when, for instance, when an emotion comes into full-fledged feeling of love, it's called a revealed love. When it's more concealed in the intellect, that the mind tells you you should be loving, but you don't really have any full-fledged emotion, that's concealed. That's called a lot of times the concealed chesed. But we're not going to get into that right now. But Akhaparim, there's two chesedim that are revealed and three of them that are hidden. The opposite: three are hidden, two are hidden, and three are revealed. Base chesedim emachusim, two of them are hidden. The gimel chesedim megulim, and three of them are. That's why it's bag bag. Bays Gimel, Bays Gimel. That it's the hay is split in two and three. It's not stam, it's not Dalit Aleph, because there's no reason for it to be Dalit Aleph. When you have hay, the reason why it's called hay is because it's the five powers of Chesed. And amongst them, they're split into two kinds. There's two hidden ones and three revealed. So Bag is Bays Gimel. Vizau ben Bag Bag, that's Bag Davk. Vagam Efsher. But there's also the lepa'amim mizgalim kolahei chasadim. There are times when all five reveal themselves. Then it's ben hey hey. Usually, on a regular case, two of them are concealed and three are revealed. Then it's bag. Ayin haremaz reish pashes vayera, where he explains this idea. Vayesh 